0: Amy, I want you to stay in the car.
1: Welcome to the Film Effect Podcast, where we take all things film to the full effect. My name's Ed. With me is my cinematic life mate and co-host, Sean. Good morning, Film Effect. And if you're a cinephile like us or just a casual fan of movies in general, then you've come to the right place. We're a weekly podcast that do deep dives and touch lives of each and every episode, focusing on a particular film each week in an effort to give it the full oh. film effect treatment. But before we return to head and field, I want to let you guys know that our ever growing collection of previous episodes can be found on our website at podpage.com slash the-film-effect-podcast, as well as all major platforms, direct link in the episode notes. There, you can also access everything film effect related, and then some, and even more options coming soon, so stay tuned. All right, Sean, Facebook and Instagram, what are them handles?
2: Film Effect Podcast.
1: How about that Twitter?
2: Film Effect Pod.
1: And how about that email? The
2: Film Effect Podcast at gmail.com.
1: Did you hear that shout announced uh, nothing but trouble was finally coming to Blu-ray?
2: <laughs> yeah, I did kind of read that. Maybe Dude, chuckle. Maybe I chuckle a little wait. bit.
1: All they, around they have, the world. They got See, so. They got an acroid for it. They
2: got, oh, they got
1: Ackroyd for it. They got well, an I interview mean, with him on it, yeah. Yeah, well,
2: yeah that, was, that was that was his baby. Um, Tupac Shakur's first screen appearance after leaving Baltimore, might we add. That's right, yep. Yeah, when he was still yeah. back up for Digital Underground. Rest in peace, Shock Look, G. I know we talked about that before, but you yeah. know, Sex Packets was a out. big influence in my early high school years. Love me some Digital Underground. Yeah, it's, uh, that film's got its moments. I'm looking forward to revisiting I haven't seen it in about 15, 20 years. I'm assuming you'll be laying hands on it. So hopefully it comes with a digital. If not, I'll be borrowing yours. No digital. It's, it's
1: Scream and Shout. They don't have yeah, digital yeah, rights. Yeah,
2: they don't do that. Uh, you'll lay that fucker on me, or we'll just get together and watch it over here.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a film that I grew up watching, and uh, over the last 20 years or so, like it's become like an anti-cult movie like people hate yeah. this thing and it's i don't get it it's a product
2: of its time what was it
1: 1990 91 30 this year
2: yeah okay yeah.
1: i mean still to this day i don't know what the hell how the hell they got demi War to do it but you know chevy chase you know he was kind of fizzling out at that moment plus he was a you know him and Echo were boys so sure it's a favor <laughs> same same goes for john candy no. But you know, I I always watch this movie and think like all I, a lot all the cast they make sense. But then there's Demi Moore, and I'm like, how uh-huh. the hell did she land this role? Oh,
2: <laughs> so I mean, I, I I like to watch his features on that too. So we'll make an afternoon out of it.
1: Yeah, they got a bunch of new interviews and uh, a new commentary track. So yeah, I'll be looking forward to it. Uh, October it's 26th, up, is the up, street up, date
2: Up until release, it was going under the title Vulcan wasn't
1: it? Maybe this is the first time it's been put on Blu ray.
2: Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was referred to as Vulcanvania for a good while. Um, that's how it was written. And then it became nothing but trouble when it finally released yeah. 20 years ago.
1: Cause I had the, the old Snapcase DVD. Matter of fact, I think I laid it on you way back when. But you yeah, it hasn't have. been released since. It Dude, hasn't. I been can't remember the last time
2: I watched that fucking film. Maybe I do have your copy. So,
1: uh, so how's the heat been something. treating you? I'm sorry? Oh, yeah. What's up? I, uh, I was just asking how the heat's been treating you.
2: Uh, <laughs> I, I don't need the house, dude. You know me. I'm fucking sitting here in the air conditioning. I'll sweatpants and day drink until the you know, situation improves. Uh, no. Did you see um, NECA announced their 8-inch Harry Warden figure today?
1: <laughs> well, it, it's not. It's it's separate. I know it, it came with, with the release of the movie.
2: Yeah, but now I can finally I did lay see hands on it. Going.
1: And it's NECA, so it's it's gonna be pricey, and it's gonna be worth it too, because they're gonna have like they're not, they're not that bad. authentic I got, stuff.
2: I got I got most of. it. I mean, I got a lot of their Thousand Corpses, Devils Reject stuff. They're they're a lot more reasonably priced than sideshow. Yeah, it's eight inch Yeah, it's a claw figure. Um, I don't think it's gonna break the bank. I I, I want to lay hands on it. You know, that's you know, uh, he's my boy. Harry Ward's my favorite slasher out of all the classic genres. You know, I love the fact that it comes with the heart in the box, you
1: know? Yeah, that's, and, uh, that's a nice touch.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's got that. You know, he's got his, uh, you know, obviously he's got his pickaxe, but he also has his nail gun, you know? So that'll be going up, and yes, it's coming out of the fucking box. I'm one of those dorks. I like to play with my toys. So I'm Get looking forward to that. Get yourself two copies. Uh, the day, I didn't see a date, though. When's it released, do you know? Uh,
1: I, I don't know. I well, I'd imagine
2: around Halloween.
1: Yeah. They're, yeah, they're I, announcing I their Halloween stuff now. Yeah.
2: I, I get, I get like alerts from NECA and whatnot. So I'll sign up for that. Hopefully it's reasonably priced. I'll put it on the wish list. Maybe one of the, maybe one of the listeners will gift us a, gift me a <laughs> birthday present. See, as <laughs> how I'm doing five days before Halloween. So it's apropos.
1: Yeah. I, you know. And it's all coming together thanks to uh, Screen Factory and Shout. I love Screen Factory. I've been praising them for years. <laughs> I, I Hopefully, next year they got something big planned because next year is their 10th anniversary as a company because they, they, their first releases were in 2012. They put out those Halloween two and three special editions. And then it's been, you know, sailing from there. And yeah, I mean, they just like put out that House of Wax that great. I got. I'm, I'm a huge fan of theirs
2: yeah i mean you laid that that copy of uh valentine on me they did it, it, it fully cleaned up that work print which was a yeah, joy because i never watched anything but and i was able to stomach the raw footage but the fact that it was all crisp and clear on that set just <clears throat> mandy doesn't mandy knows i'm you know she allows me my harry warden fetish but she's not big into the franchise like i am you know i wasn't even mad at the at the 3D
1: one that that was yeah, it, it was fun it was, it's a harmless it was, fun movie
2: yeah it was fun and and you like it, it basically gets the first one out of the way by act one you the know ending and
1: sucked kind of, but it was a yeah, good, other than that, yeah, I had fun with it
2: it was it, it was grasping at straws much like the ending of High Tension you're like wait a minute how's it dude in two places you know what yeah. I mean but it ain't bad not I'm every not, film can okay, have a no. Fight
1: Club ending
2: right at least that you know. Um, but yeah, I remember seeing a theater with uh, our buddy DJ Rampage. Jason went with me. I there. it was his first yeah. time I ever seeing a 3D movie, and I remember at least twice he like leapt over into my seat because he thought the shit yeah. was going at him,
3: you nice.
2: know. And then we went home and watched the original of my place shortly afterwards. Yeah, and I saw with I was, a bunch of friends too. Yeah, you, you know me, I'm I'm just a sucker for anything related to Mohawk 1981 Canadian classic, My Bloody Valentine. So yeah. When I saw that Harry Warden figure, like I didn't know that there was a limited uh, Blu-ray release that came with. Now, how much was that set priced at if you got the movie? I'm assuming it was that same copy that you laid on me, but it came with this figure. Is that correct?
1: It was the one that came out before that, because this is okay, the so- third thing they've done since they got the license for uh, My Lady Down. on time. They put out the Blu-ray last year. Yeah. And... Um, it was nice to it was um, it was a nice Blu-ray um, to let the people know uh, a little background quickly. Um, about ten years ago or so, right around the time the remake came out, Lionsgate yeah. got the rights for for the film because it was originally put up by Paramount. Mm-hmm. So Lionsgate got the rights to Paramount um, back in 2010 or something like 2009, something like that. And yeah, it was right around the release they, of, uh, of the remake. You're right, right. And they put out the they put it out on Blu-ray and they they did a remaster, but they didn't. They added in. They didn't remaster. I'm sorry. They added in all the cut, you know, gore stuff that was in the Room film that no one saw.
2: Yeah, every single death scene in that original film had been truncated, and that film fucked me up. That was the last. That was the last horror movie that I can say actually like fucked me up and stuck with me for a long time. I was like 14. I think when I first watched it. on 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 channel 45 or something on commercial television and i just remember the next day my uncle drove me to school and i just still can't shake the feeling of this movie so it's always stuck with me but it wasn't until i watched that with with the extra you know footage put back in i'm like man now it makes sense every one of these deaths they were affected but they all felt truncated now that i look back on it but yeah it was what i'm saying they it was, was that- very raw footage. the the extra stuff was definitely lower quality, lower resolution, almost like a work print VHS.
1: Well, yeah, that's what, what they did was they put out they 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 took all the fien- the scenes that we never even saw before and added it. In, in for the first time ever, but it was they they couldn't do anything with it because it was just so bad, low, degraded, like it was dirty. You know, celluloid that they found obviously, and it was just not they couldn't remaster it or anything like that. So, right. you got the choice to watch it theatrical, or you could watch it unrated for the first time with these scenes, you know, it was, it, I wasn't complaining, it was, it was, it was nice to have, you know, for its time, <laughs> but you could tell where all the added stuff was, because it was just bad footage, it was, not, but, uh, quality, the, the quality was poor, so yeah, cut to last year, A little cut to last year, Lionsgate, I mean, not, well, I guess the, the, the license was up with Lionsgate, and... Um, Scream Factory had a deal put in place with Paramount and they were putting out a bunch of their uh, genre films and My Lady Valentine made the list and they were able to, because most of the time when Scream Factory puts out a new movie, you can always expect the new transfer. They always go in and they're all about doing their own transfer They do good stuff, good work and with this particular film, yeah, they gave it a 4K remaster but they also polished up the bad footage, and he somehow made that not exactly quality-wise matching the rest of the film. But you can barely, if you're like me for- and you know where it is, you can look for it and see it. But for the most part, if you if you're fresh eyes watching this movie, you will never be able to tell that there's you know additional <laughs> footage that were cut that was revi that the revision was done to it you'd never be able to tell they did a great stand-up job my hat's off the screen factory just another goddamn reason why they're one of the best
2: yeah man yeah it was funny because uh when up uh, you know um obviously we had Nick on for the episode the other day but uh while one of the nights we were hanging out we hanging out we watched meatballs and I'm like and there's Larry you know and that's fucking that's Hollis from yeah. from uh you know, from from They're from all Canadian
1: like, actors.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause uh the one dude, um the like foreman in the beginning winds up he should he winds up on like Hill Street Blues for a season or two shortly after that movie released. Um I so have, Yeah, yeah. I'm just but I'm I'm a huge fan of that film and I'm looking forward to hopefully getting my hands on that on that figure to add to my collection. So that was cool for me to read. I, I read that after you texted me this morning
1: and something that I read that has nothing to do with this um, Taco Bell is going to start making two story building restaurant locations like they have some nice ones out in like Vegas you can get married at and shit but like I guess they're going to branch out and like make them all around the country and shit which is pretty awesome not going to lie hopefully we get a Taco Bell with two floors and you can get all kinds of cool shit
2: they do enough business to justify a second level of seating. I could go the rest of my life. I never even Taco it's, Bell again. But there, I don't know what there's you a reason seen. for it.
1: They add. They put so much stuff. Like they have their own like bar, like food bar. Oh. They serve alcohol. Like oh, you can okay. like Maybe it's, I'll it's just just an experience. Yeah, it's not just you know. I'm not getting excited over like more location to sit around and, and eat. No, it's like a bunch of cool stuff that they have in the locations. So. I don't know. I just saw it before we went live and I just figured I'd mention it because, you know, it may love me some fucking Taco Bell. The fault yeah, you used to call it back yeah, in the you,
2: day. You, you and Mandy both, man. I'm, the only thing I ever get from there is a hard taco. I get a six pack and them things and I can't get more than two of them down before the rest of them are soggy and stuck to the goddamn wrapper. So, ah, you know, just pass me the old El Paso. I'll make them at home.
1: Good old default mood. People are looking around, sitting around, thinking, what are we going to eat? What are we going to eat? Where are we going to go? Default no, Taco Bell.
2: Make a run for the border.
1: That's right. No quiero Taco Bell. <laughs> All right, let's do some shout outs. Shout out to his family. Um, gonna do one, just one, one. Very special shout out to Josh at your next favorite movie. I'm actually gonna dedicate this episode to him because he's been a patient guy, and I've never met someone who's been as persistent as he's been in 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 seeing this episode. I've never seen. I've never met a person who's so excited to hear a couple guys talk about Halloween five for a couple hours. Like he's been on me. He sent a couple messages. He's kind of been busting my balls a little bit on it. So we're recording it. Here it is. And this one's for you, brother.
2: <laughs> hey, I the saw, I saw um, somebody, I I, I didn't, I, I wasn't familiar with who it was, but somebody shout us out for our coverage of a gentleman on Twitter. Just the other day. Yeah, I, I wanted
1: to, I I figured you saw that. Otherwise I was going to send you a screenshot. I just saw of that. It a minute ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, I forgot the gentleman. Uh, but yeah, definitely uh it's cool seeing stuff like that.
2: Yeah. So. He said he he likes the show, he's definitely sticking with us. So um yeah. you see, again, I don't it, it name escapes me. You gotta forgive me. Ed's the Twittiot out of the two of us. So I just tend to check in from time <laughs> to time to see who we're mentioning. I saw that this morning. So um I'm sure if you're listening, you know who you are. Ed and I would like to finish uh,
1: pretty acknowledged. <laughs> the scuttlebutt podcast scuttlebutt scuttle, that's it, that's it. Scuttlebutt.
2: scuttlebutt scuttlebutt
1: so yeah. so yeah um charting we are charting in the u.s and great britain ireland hong kong thailand and still in that 95 spot nigeria thank you all for the downloads and support <clears throat> all right it's going to events. I want to talk to you about prisoners of the ghostland.
2: Oh man, I said. Yeah, Justin and I were texting back and forth yesterday, and um, I was like, I, I mentioned, I like, did you check out the new cage tra- trailer to drop today. Um, and it was about 20 minutes. I didn't hear back from him. He's like, holy shit, dude. I'm even more intrigued now. It's right up my alley. Dude, you know me. I'm a sucker for Bill Mosley anyway. Um, but I've been, I, I've been following this movie since it went, since it was announced in pre-production to see that fucking trailer. He's like, I am radioactive. Yeah. That movie just looks like a damn fun, good time. Probably the best thing he's done since Mandy. He's
1: got bombs. On his balls. I love it.
2: I know, dude. It's fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Mosley's the maniacal warlord of the fucking town, samurai town, or whatever.
1: And he plays off that nice guy, like demeanor, so well. But you know, there's something twisted inside of like that fucking underneath yeah
2: yeah that's what he's oh, such yeah. a nice guy though. dude every time i got the talk is, with he that, really dude, is he just like and he remembered me after a bit because i cosplayed that one year we took photos together with my action figure and did my impression for him and then the next year he remembers it, hey sean so you know he would always you know he would always go out of his way to spend extra time shooting the shit with me so i always like seeing mosley get work and the fact that he's doing a flick with nick cage in one of his balkers, bug movies. Yeah, it's too was, cool. Yeah, that, that film definitely <laughs> looks fun. <laughs> Prisoners of the Ghost Town, fucking ninjas, samurais, ghosts, and Nicolas Cage with explosive testicles.
1: Yeah. And, and Bill
2: like, Mosley is your
1: billing. For the listeners out there, if you haven't, uh, if you've never met Bill Mosley before, like at a convention or wherever, um, one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet in your life is Bill Mosley. Really down to earth. Yep. Really nice and kind. He's very kind. Yeah. Um, nothing like Otis Driftwood. Yeah, no,
2: he appreciates his fans. He knows he's there to yeah. do a job and and play. And he knows without us he wouldn't have that job. You know, I remember at the time I was with my ex when I first met him and we asked if if we could get the corn bugs to play our wedding. He was me and Buckethead are going to be booked that day, but we'll definitely we definitely wish you guys the best of luck. I mean, that wedding never came to fruition, but I actually right, did right. reach out to him to see if his band of corn and corn bugs that he had with Buckethead for a minute there would actually come play a couple songs at the wedding. You know, <laughs> but yeah, he's a nice dude. And he, you know, he, Dave always winds up booking him in town. So it's always good to see him. You know, yeah, yeah, when yeah. I, uh, I, I, I always.
1: I always miss him and uh, Sid together at conventions. They always have the same table together, him and Sid. Yeah, right next
2: to each other. And the, I got yeah. that one great shot of the, th- the three of us together. Like, you know, Sid's, uh, Sid's choking me and Bill stabbing me in the chest. And I'll just get this big sheet and grin, like, look, I'm hanging out with Otis Stripwood <laughs> and It's the yeah. greatest yeah. day of my life.
1: All right. We recommends. What would you
2: get for a six-year-old boy who chronically wets his bed?
1: I sat down yesterday <laughs> and I put in my 4K copy of Blade because I had not seen that movie in hella long. Yes, mm. I just said hella long. <laughs> it had been that long since I'd seen Blade. Uh, Transfer looks amazing, but that's not the nor or there. The film itself. I fucking loved it. I had not seen even those so bullshit,
2: even those bullshit blood effects with
1: Steven Dorf at the end. Yeah, uh, if you can put that aside, whatever, like that's <laughs> It'd be that's be something else. In four K, no, you that can movie's put that awesome.
2: Four K, I, I had
1: wow. it, the transfer looks really nice. It's really crisp and, and shit. But the the movie itself, like I'm, I'm trying to say, like I haven't actually sat down and given it, you know, given it a, a, a proper watch in forever. It's always been Blade Two or Blade Trinity. Um, But, yeah, I finally gave it its due after a long-ass time. And I, this might be my favorite film of the three. It, it was really good, a lot better than I remember it being. And, uh, yeah, if if, if if you guys are hit, sitting on something to watch, and, you know, kick, <laughs> if you're able to, check out Blade, you know?
2: Yeah, until Mahershala Ali gets his time to shine in MCU, and everybody forgets Wesley Snuggs, even did the fucking thing, but at least we still got a couple years away from that.
1: Nah, you're gonna forget about this movie. You got, you got Steven st- Dorff, you got Wesley Snipes, you got Udo Kier. It's the movie is a fun time. You got Chris Christopherson. Um Norman yeah. Reedus
2: in this one or the second? Tracy,
1: Tr- Tracy Lords, second one. Second. Um, in, the, in the cameos in the beginning. It's just, I, it, it, shoot me, shoot me, whatever you want to do to me. It's a good movie. I had fun cool. with it. Blade, if you're able to, check it out, gang. How about you?
2: Um, well, uh, before uh, Allen was leaving town this morning. So he stopped by last night to say his goodbyes. We hung out for a little bit. We actually, um, Went back in their way back machine because he had he, he had about ninety minutes of kill. So we watched Harley Davidson and the Marlboro man because me and him used to watch. The shit oh out God, let's,
1: we talked about it. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. But but it was like I was like strolling through Max. I'm like, fuck it, dude, man, let's go back. Let us go back to 90, 93 We were ninety two. We were hanging out in my basement so watch that. But then after he left, um, I got into a Zoller mood. So I went back and watched Dragon Across Concrete again, and it makes me wonder, like, where's this guy's fourth film? I looked up S. Craig Zahler's, you know, IMDb page, and it lists director of four titles, but only shows three, which means he's got that fourth one either in production, pre-production, or in the can, and we don't even know what it's about, you know? But I just, I don't know. I just want, I, I felt like, I don't I felt like a little old-school, gritty, grindhouse vibe, and I went I went and watched Drag Across Concrete yeah.
1: A a solid film, might I add. A very underrated film, in my opinion. Uh, A lot of people hate on that movie. It wasn't. It did not get the reception that his his other two films got. Well,
2: it's it runs longer, you know, than I I think it's.
1: Well, it's not not they're all long. I think it's the Mel Gibson effect, honestly.
2: Well, you got to
1: figure too, though. It was at the time of
2: marketing, people were expecting it to be a Mel Gibson, Vince Vaughn movie, and it's really more about you know the 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 black guy Henry that gets out of prison. Tory to, Tori kittle
1: Tory Tory Kittle's, Kittles kittle, and Michael right. J. White, those two. Right.
2: It's it's more their story than anything. It's like, you know, but it's it's again, Zoller's got a way of just like, you know, writing and filming shit that, you know, you think you've seen before, but you haven't. And it kind of, you know, it, it kind of catches you off guard with every one of his films. I mean, we talked about your questions?
1: all questions. Yeah, sure. Why is Jennifer Carpenter in this movie?
2: I, it's, I was thinking, like, I forgot. What is that her she purpose
1: of this Just fucking movie?
2: I, 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 honestly, I was going to say, I think it's more the shock factor, of the you know the shock value of her being in and out in under 10 minutes.
1: But she adds yeah. nothing to the no, film. She literally no. pops up to get killed off 10 minutes later.
2: Right. And even Mandy made a good point. Yesterday, she's like, "Because the husband died. can you? I never even thought about this, but think about it. Because she's, you know, it, it opens with her having a hard time leaving for if work. If her husband
1: wasn't so pushy, she'd be alive,
2: right? Exactly. I and mean, maybe he's like, can you imagine how guilty that guy feels? He thought he was I doing know. the right thing by forcing his wife to go back to work after four months, and and the second he does, she gets fucking her head blown off. You never, you never oh, oh, know, no, on no, that no, team. no,
1: my friend, she gets her head blown the fuck off. That's
2: what I said. Her head blown <laughs>
1: off." <laughs> starts with a couple of yeah, fingers everybody. And then boom yes oh lord gang Drag it. across concrete sound film don't let the hate get to you check it out for yourself yeah it's it's, it, is,
2: it, is, it's it, it runs a little slow it doesn't move as fast pace as you want you know, but uh, I, I love I love that Zoller is just like how we are. He's a fan of doing that, doing those effects in camera the way that Roger Corman and those guys would have had to do it for drive in movies back in the 70s, which is what he did with specifically you know, <laughs> Jennifer Carpenter's death scene. You're right. She adds nothing to the story. It's more there to get you to the heist, so she, you know, the, which is kind of your MacGuffin. Um, but she
1: doesn't even do anything for the story. She no, literally you know, brings nothing to the table.
2: She she brings, she brings name recognition because she was still hot off at Dexter at that point. So people know who she was. And then it's the unexpected, like, okay, she shows up halfway through the film. You think something's going to hinge on this character. And then, bang, he just blows her fucking head off her shoulders. I don't know. I don't have <laughs> time for that audience. shit.
1: This movie clocks in at 159 minutes. Yeah, you take it's, her it's, out. It's, it's still a lengthy film, but yeah, just, yeah. it's so on. It's I, uh, this would but be a five to, star film or a four <laughs> and a half star film, but that bullshit, it knocks it down a half star for me. It really does,
2: yeah. But I like that high scene the way those guys are all fucking geared up and he's just talking to them through a fucking tape recorder and shit. you know, yeah, so they're it's, like it's,
1: invincible, it's, dude. They freak me out every time I watch it because they're like yeah, nothing can, nothing can hurt them. You know, it's like, yeah. Yeah, those
2: guys are just like they are just cold and heartless. And one dude just shows up, you know, to rob the convenience store the first time you see him. I and mean, you never see these dudes without their masks and shit on, except for you know the, what the the Vogelmire Thomas Crutchman Thomas Crutchman. Yeah, the I never of, thought it,
1: I never thought I'd say these words in my life, but you know, he actually scared me in this movie. I was actually a, a movie uh, a Thomas Crutcheson movie actually scared me, or rather, performance.
2: I'm really not familiar with his work, so.
1: Oh, okay. He's yeah. He was. Um, I mean, I know all that. In the mid aughts he had a really big resurgence around here. Like, he was in like a um, Resident Evil Apocalypse. He had a voice yeah. role in Cars 2, Valkyrie. Yeah. Um, he was um, Baron Wolfgang von Strucker in um, Captain America: The Winter Soldier and Age of Ultron. So. Oh,
2: it was him. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I've yeah, seen yeah, him on yeah. Strucker. Okay. I got I okay. You Von Strucker, that, yeah. I've seen him recently. It was when we when we did, Mandy and I did an MCU a while back. <laughs> so okay. But yeah, no, uh, yeah, dragged across concrete, good little fucking and you know who it, it, it Zoller's work reminds me of the early work of Craig Brewer when he was doing like hustle and flow and black snake. Yeah, Moda. I can see that. You know what I mean? Like Brewer uh-huh. kind of fell off, which I hope that doesn't happen to Zoller, because we were talking a couple of weeks ago. we like him and Eggers are my two guys that I got eyes on. Like I'm anxious to see what they do next, what they're going to bring to the table. You know, and like I said, IMDb's got him listed as director of uh, four films. Only three that are up there are, you know, Bone, Tomahawk, Cell Block 99, Dragged Across Concrete. I can't find. I don't really about follow Zoller, IMDb
1: anymore. I
2: just, I just, just went to it as a, as a quick reference I while I was watching it. But they, um, they,
1: they do like tell you a lot of bullshit like
2: that. Yeah, it's look well, it's, it's like, it's like a, my understanding is you can, you can, you can edit it like Wikipedia. Just have a login and just put it whatever you want up on there.
1: I mean, according to IMDb, the Brazilian job is still happening. <laughs> okay, and that's true. been a rumor for the last fifteen years or so. Yeah, so. true, yeah.
2: true. But I, I have heard that Zala was working on something, and and that was my. I'm deal. sure he <laughs> is. Yeah. I just I, I, I just hope he I, I hope he sticks to his roots. I hope he don't like start cashing fucking you know Disney checks for Marvel money. I hope he stays gritty to that grindhouse thing that we that 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 you and I have come to love him for. Because yeah, I'll definitely. keep i you know I'll keep giving him my money, he keeps making shit like that.
1: All right, so uh bop ba-da, bop bopada, bopada, bop bopada, up. This is Halloween 5, the Revenge of Michael Myers. Fuck with that? Help me, help me,
0: no! We both know he's alive, but you know where he is!
1: Halloween 5. This time, they're ready. This time he's unmasked. And this time he's back with a vengeance. Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers. One year after the, the events of Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, the shape returns to Haddonfield once again. Didn't really go anywhere. In an attempt to kill his now mute niece. All right, first time viewings. Uh, it's, it's just that. You see, this is actually uh, my, my first time. No, no, my first, it's my first time uh, since my first time so technically that's my second time and i don't i don't i don't want to suck at it so if i'm not up to the- i i i saw this i actually remember when i rented it for the first time it was right after it came out on vhs i rented it right there with part four and i stayed up at my uncle and aunt's house on um, edgewood for the weekend and watched them both back to back
2: now, had you had at that point had you already? I'm assuming you'd already seen part four. You just did the like. Oh yeah, I
1: seen okay. four. I was a big fan of four. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. I was a little kid. I was a wee little kid like, at this time, but you know, mom didn't care. So, do you remember the first time you saw it?
2: Uh, yeah, me and me and my dad. Um, okay. Went to, uh, I believe it was North Point Cinema at the time. I noticed where we saw four. Was North Point, so it was probably either Golden Ring. Or, uh, or North Point. We went opening weekend. His dad's the one that got me into the franchise when I was younger. He kept telling me, you know, about Michael Myers and stuff, and I was starting to get older, getting into horror movies, you know, like these Halloween movies, pretty cool. You know, I loved one, you know, ranked really up two, Yeah, I was too young to kind of figure out why three had nothing to do with them because, you know, I just, I was like fucking 12, you know, where the fuck is Michael Myers in Halloween, three And then four came out and then they were bringing him, going back to Haddonfield. Dad's like, we're going to go see Michael Myers, like right on, you know? And then Myers gets blasted in the goddamn pit at the end. I started weeping like a schoolgirl My father's like, there's something fucking wrong with you. You're crying over the bad guy being cut I'm like, but it's Michael Myers. why we're here, they killed him, you know? And then naturally we had to go, you know, So, what, a year or two later, when when Revenge of Michael Myers got released, Dad and I had to see how, you know, uh, how how the story continued. So, yeah, I saw in the theater with my dad. Opening weekend.
1: All right, story time. Tell me a story. Wait. Like my story?
0: No, not your story. A story. Since you can't keep your mouth shut long enough for me to read my paper, tell me a story. I don't think I know any stories. You don't know any stories?
3: No.
2: All right, I'll tell you a story. This is a newspaper, right? It's 90% bullshit, but it's entertaining. That's why I read it, because it entertains me. You won't let me read it. So you entertain me with your bullshit. Tell me a story right now. Go.
1: I have, I have a quick story for this. So it, it was this movie. I remember when I was younger. And I remember back in the day... Um, when pay-per-view was a thing and you like turned to channel ninety nine or ninety-eight and it was just a static. But sometimes you could like through the static and stuff, you could see the movie or you could still hear the movie at least. But like, you know, remember that back in the day when that happened when pay-per-view was a thing and channel ninety eight, ninety nine.
2: Well, yeah, especially when you had especially when you had the wired like uh like dial up or, or the or the the, the the cable remotes that ran off a dial. If you held it between like channel ninety nine and channel one, you'd kind of make out the boobs on the Playboy channel, which is how I got away with it.
1: <laughs> Pretty much, you know? yeah. That's what I was getting at, but I don't want to say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. yeah, um so yeah, that that before I rented this, you know, um I I remember being at my grandmother's house, like in her room, like channel <laughs> ninety-nine and Halloween five. Like I could hear it. I hear the explosion. Oh, there's dynamite, you know, all this shit. And like just wanting to see it so bad and finally got around to seeing it. Yeah, and so you're weird. trying to
2: piece it together in your head while you're squinting. Yeah, you know, cause blurry I, images are supposed to be. Yeah,
1: <laughs> exactly. And I can like I said, I I could still hear it. Cause I'm like, you know, I wonder what they're talking about. What's going on? I wonder what's happening right now, you know. I just I have memories of this particular film at my grandmother's like that, trying that trying to get through.
2: That that moment there dates yourself much like how Justin and I talk about Super TV <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> right. But there's only me, Justin and Dean Duffy that have fond memories of Super TV actually being a thing here in Baltimore. <laughs> I'm sure there's more, but, you know. Yeah, but out of, out of our circle, like me, Justin, yeah, and I are, are, are the only three that can that can tell you the back-in-my-day stories of the glory of Super TV or Channel 54 WN. <laughs> after 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Super nice. TV. Yeah.
1: Super TV is the, the most generic fucking name ever.
2: It's, <laughs> yeah, it was cable before it was cable. <laughs> it was cool. Know, it where the preceded D.B. Cooper used to come on all the time. You know, all that crazy shit, which you know, like like a lot of Super TV's programming, like falls deep into the algorithm of prime video. If you go digging deep into some old school shit and he fucks and other stuff, you start seeing the old Super TV lineup and it's just like going into a time machine for me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. So live top five.
2: Rob, it's your turn. Okay. I'm feeling kind of basic today. Top five side ones. Track ones. Janie Jones, Clash, from The Clash.
1: Let's get it on, Marvin
2: Gaye from Let's Get It On. Nirvana, smells like teen spirit off of Nevermind. Oh no, Rob, that's not obvious enough, not at all. How about uh, Point of No Return on Point of No Return? Lewis, so you can uh, get up a- Shut up, shut up. (laughs) White Light, White Heat, Velvet Underground. Okay, that would be on my list. Though not on mine. Massive Attack, No Protection. The song is Radiation Ruling the Nation.
1: Uh, This this week I asked Sean uh, what his top five favorite- continuation sequels, bro. That's going to be the top five topic this week. Continuation yeah, sequels. Because pretty much this pick up immediately. Continuation the- from part four. Yep. Um, so <laughs> we can do it just the other day when we recorded and do, you know, one for one. I like it. All right. Number five for me is Army of Darkness.
2: All right. I had Karate Kid too. Uh,
1: I had to put that on there. Uh, for me, number four Crank 2. Uh, mine was back to the future too Nice number three Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows part two Nah, uh, I had crank high voltage for number three Let's See look at that um my four year three number two my number two I mean uh back to the future, part two okay, my number two, Porky's two the next day that uh, it's. Say no more, it literally nah. in the subtitle. The next <laughs> I day, love, I, love poor, I love the Porky's franchise, man. <laughs> and my number one is Halloween 2.
2: Yeah, John for Halloween 2. Yeah, the, my, mine was Army of Darkness, was my number one. Army of Darkness. Nice, yeah. Great minds think alike on a lot of levels over here at the film effect, don't they, gang?
1: Oh, they do, they do, they do. <laughs> All right, so we do have some Halloween news, All uh, right. since. I know it's been a minute since we did uh or I did Halloween four rather. Um yeah, I missed out oh, on and, that. And, and Sorry, so I missed
2: out on that. I so the first note I made was fuck, I wish I could have did part covered part four because <laughs> I'm starting to watch okay. part five. I, a have a side,
1: side, I got a sidebar for that though, um, before I get into the news. Um <laughs> yeah, we're a little late getting to this. It's been the, the idea was like every few weeks do a new sequel or a new episode leading up to October. But uh, we fell behind since late June, and we had a busy July, and we're currently in the in the middle of a busy August. Um, If you guys on Twitter, or Facebook saw the upcoming schedule for the month, you would have seen that there's only one Halloween film on there, and that's this one. Um, Rest assured, we do have catch up to play in September. Is going to be chop full of Michael Myers goodness. Um, Dear Lord, six. We got six, we've got H2O, we got resurrection, we're gonna fight through resurrection together, brother. And then we're no, doing Jesus. Rob Zombies, we're doing zombies one and two together in one episode. So it's gonna be let's, four episodes. Let's and then let's um, let's,
2: let's throw them a curveball and do zombies work print.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then um you guys heard it here first uh this year's Halloween Horathon. Is going to be uh, kicked off on October first. It's going to be kicking off on October first with David Gordon Green's Halloween from 2018. Yeah, so
2: and that's so my looking birthday forward to Covering month. that, that it's your
1: birthday month, and we already yep. announced what your birthday movie is. Yeah, movie and that should be that should be dropping,
2: Yep, that should be dropping right around Halloween. So my birthday's the 26th.
1: Yeah, and actually, um, I can pull up the schedule right here. Uh the Your Suspiria episode is dropping on October 25th, the day before your birthday.
2: Happy birthday to me. Right on. Always good time around my birthday. Cool shit happens that weekend, like every year. New games come out, a new Beast of Boys album dry, dropped
1: at one point. I don't think tomorrow. we're getting that this year. I know, I know, I
2: know. But there's something I, I told that story about seeing them live <laughs> at Hammerstein Ballroom on my birthday. So for whatever reason, there's cool shit that always happens around the time of October 26th that makes me proud to call that my annual date of existence. And the fact that our, uh, our Suspiria episode drops less than 24 hours before I turn 47, it be a fucking another mo- momentous occasion for me.
1: Uh, we're not doing the original Suspiria for those who are listening. Yeah, only, well,
2: yeah, yeah, we're, we're but, but we're going to dig deep into Guadalinos. Uh,
1: yeah. uh,
2: yeah, 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 but oh, I, yeah. But I've got a I'll, I'll rest assured, gang, I will have a lot to say about both when we get, when we go live mm-hmm. in a couple of months. That'll tell you that. That knows I'm a huge fan of the original.
1: He's pretty big. Mm-hmm. All right. So the news, um, Retain the Halloween is uh since our four episode, uh Screen Factory has announced uh they're putting out one, two, three, four, and five in newly revised four K uh master discs, whatever you want to call them, four four K Blu-ray discs. Um, which is awesome because you know me, I have a four K player. I fucking love these movies to death. I'm a huge advocate for physical media. Um if I'm not you mistaken, You bought that actually... box set like
2: a year ago, didn't you?
1: Not that yeah, one. That was Friday thirteenth.
2: You ju- okay. I swear, I thought you bought a Halloween
1: box set not too long ago. No, that
2: no, no I've, never,
1: I've never owned a box set for Halloween. I, I oh, didn't okay. get that Scream Factory box set, unfortunately. Oh, okay, you, I think you might have been telling me about it, but okay. Go yeah, on. yeah, I think that's what it was. But um, they're going back because I actually own uh, Lionsgate has the rights to the first film and they have a 4K uh, disc for that 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 they already put out a few years ago that that I own. And uh, they're actually going and doing their own um, 4K revision. They're doing their own uh, work. They're not doing the same uh, 4K remaster they're doing their own they're doing it they're doing their own with uh dean cundy supervising parts one two and three since he shot right. those three movies he's going to yeah. be there helping out with the 4k revision um and on top of that i'm hearing that the original mono track will be back because the alliance gate does not have the uh mono audio track it's just uh the the stereo, so we're definitely. So tell mono. me, t- t-
2: tell me, tell me where the benefit is on that. I mean, I would, I, I, I switch over. I don't, I wouldn't put it on mono. Why, why, why would, why, why, why would you? Why would somebody sell me on it?
1: What do you? What am so, so, I selling uh, you on?
2: it? Mon- like if I had the option for, obviously, if I can't get five one, oh digital, okay, digital. Why would you voluntarily switch over from stereo to monorail? I mean, I don't, I get it. Okay. For a purist to pretend you're in 1978 again,
1: but, but you, I would you never just answer that. It. That would just be you it. Just just for it.
2: That would just be it. Okay. You you just, that's the only reason. And, and
1: I, and I, I, I admit myself, I'm a huge dork. I put the mono one myself. So I, I know the, um, the Friday disc that they put out last year, um, a bunch of them have mono tracks for the first time since their original, uh, releases. And, yeah, I, I call me what you will. Call me crazy. Call me stupid. Call me anything, but Eddie. And it's uh, I I, I put the mono on. I I switched it to mono, even though I have surround. I have proper surround sound speakers and all. I I don't know. I'm I'm a nerd. It's kind of like nerd. why I like 4K and seeing the grain it's like the same reason why I like film over digital, you know, like you said yourself. yeah,
2: I I, I, I agree with you on that, but, but you know, I, I I could definitely, especially having heard it other ways I can, I could, I could feel the loss. So I never Mm -hmm. make it all the way through the film. I wind up switching off of that back into stereo or, or or, or DTS or whatever's being offered. I'd never sit all the way, you know, bell to bell with them on the oral track, but that's just, that's just my personal preference. Plus half the time i watch these things. My headphones on because the old lady don't tend to dig into a lot of these horror flicks with me. So I'll do it by myself. You know. And yeah, plus a lot of these older movies.
1: A lot of these older movies are just that. They're older movies. They don't really benefit from having surround sound like do you really need like seven point one stereo surround for fucking John Carpenter's Halloween?
2: No, 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 a monotrop will suffice. Yeah, well, with a with a, with with you know some sort of mimicking uh, up conversion DSS headset, it kind of I can kind of hear it shifting from left to right channels and stuff. So I like that part of it. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it immerses me as best it can in a title match. Gotcha.
1: So I'm excited uh, for this. For all, I, to be honest, I'm surprised they're doing four and five. Um, hopefully, they stick to their word and do the other half of the series later on. I, I understand that. Uh, Number one, these 4K transfers are are pretty penny. Number two, it's a rights thing because parts six, seven, and eight—that's that's the that's, uh, the Weinstein's or whoever has their estate now—and um, it's just it's just it's kind of you know all over the place a little bit. So, well
2: I don't know. let's face it it's like a fucking fire sale at Harvey Weinstein's backyard right now he's always let know. that shit go for pennies on the dollar if he can he's got a lot of legal fees backing up
1: but they still cost money it's like know, tens of thousands of dollars to do this um, and they might even be more than that but um, yeah and I, I I trust them as a company I and mean, if they say that they're gonna get to the other films at a later date and time then I believe that at some point there's gonna be 4k remasters for six seven curse h2o all, all of them you know they already have obviously i own it the 2018 ones in 4k and then halloween hey, kills you will know be in 4k so you
2: you know you know what i noticed when um when i went on to, on to your voodoo the other night yeah so i could so, watch this and well it was a night you know i actually did four and five back to back two nights apart um i i noticed that I I always had him click on it cuz it was your voodoo account It's available for purchase but they have the producer's cut up on there so did the producer's cut get like a polished finish or is it a rough footage Yeah you like, heard do that I I did I I just I watched it when you brought mm-hmm. it over to me you you had the bootleg of it when 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 you, we set the treasure chest in Smoothopolis. um you laid that producer's cut on me but it was still that rough that that rough raw footage like a work print with all the extra stuff um I didn't know that they that they went and cleaned it up like how we just talked about with hawk is my bloody valentine.
1: So that was even though Lionsgate owns the rights to that, because I mm-hmm. do I do believe that's a Lionsgate desk that producer's cut. Okay. Um S- Screen factory did the uh the the transfer on it. They did the revision, they revised it from that bootleg that I used to own to what it be what it is today, and it's it looks fucking perfect. It's like perfect ten eighty p, you know, HD quality.
2: All right, uh-huh. well, um, seeing as how that's ne- that's going to be next up in the lineup, riddle me this back. Well,
1: you and I, you and I are going to be talking about how to do Curse next month because the the producer's cut is like a different film, it really is all together.
2: But I, I, I would, I, 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 I would like to view that. I want to, I want right. to see that. I at least want to talk about the differences. I've only seen it the one time, and that was when we had it at my place. I don't even know where that right. damn disc
1: is now, okay. No, we'll do it. Okay. Um, figure, just, out
2: a, figure out a way to figure out a way to get because I'm sure that producer's cut's got both got both versions on there. So if you can figure out a way to make that happen.
1: I'm, I'm probably just buying both digitally, like I've done with okay. the last of the first five so far. So
2: Okay, cool. Yeah, because I'm gonna watch Producer's Cut, but you know, that's just that's just me. So more, we're gonna more be covering
1: we're gonna be covering Joe Chappelle's third uh Joe Chappelle's theatrical cut, but there's gonna be a, a a a pretty lengthy section for dedicated the producer's cut because there's a lot to say and there's a lot of differences. It's virtually a different film altogether. So,
2: Yeah. From what I remembered, yeah, it filled in a little bit, a few more gaps. It didn't quite close all the holes for me, but I was, I was less dissatisfied with that than I was walking out Mm -hmm. of the theater in Atlanta, Georgia. When I went and saw um, six by myself that day, This is a scratch in my head. Trying to figure out the fuck I just was. All
1: right. Ready? Yeah. All right. Let's do this. So, the film opens the quick cuts of someone carving the hell out of a pumpkin during the opening credits.
2: Yeah, well, we don't even know um, it's a pumpkin. Yet. You just keep hearing slashes. Like, Kin-kin! Kin-kin! Slashes. You
1: see, like, pumpkin guts and shit. Like, it's effective. I can't believe I'm giving minutes. this film praise from the start.
2: I'm saying it takes a few minutes for you, for the viewer to realize that you're watching a jack-o'-lantern being carved. Originally, it's like, I'm watching Halloween shit. I'm watching him slice into somebody and then it pans back. Obviously, you get your opening jack-o'-lantern and come to find out we watch it being carved the whole time.
1: Yeah, it's funny. When I was a little, when I was younger, I mean, uh, watching this movie, I always thought it was like, because you hear the sirens in the background, because obviously, it's like, it come, starts before, before it leads or uh, ends. Um, right. That's cutting back to that chasing at the end of the finale. Um, yeah. Where he's still in his ditch. Yeah. When I was younger though, I always like thought that like the opening credits, it's fucking like Michael carving a pumpkin really quick. And then the cops throwing like the cops are after him quick. We caught a pumpkin, you know, uh, he's, he's, like one final
2: training, like, like, like one final calling card before he gets his ass
1: shot in a ditch. <laughs> exactly. Be- before you guys throw dynamite at me, let me carve you a pumpkin. So. <laughs> It's a, gnarly, it's a gnarly pumpkin. I do like the design of it.
2: So. No, no. And this, let's let's go on the record too. This was the first. This was the first one in the franchise that Akkad finally had full rights to. Um, Carpenter and Deborah Hill had sold the rights off to Mustafa. Um, which no four which,
1: four was the first one.
2: That's, that's what I meant. I'm sorry. I, 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 I That was a mental note I made to myself when I was watching for, but I missed out on our coverage right, right. for that. But it tends to shine through predominantly, I think more so with this than it does with Where Mustafa is just like, let's just go back to what made the money machine work well. And, you know, we'll get into that later. But yeah, it was it was you know because it created differences on three. Carpenter and Hill were just like you know what Mustafa uh, buy us out. He's yours from here on. Just you know give us credits in the in the block.
1: Well, all right. So this film is directed by a um, a, a young uh, uh, Swiss French director. Uh, well, not young now, but back then he was very young. His name is uh, Dominic Thénon Girard. and. This was his first movie, I believe. If it wasn't, it was his second film. Um, okay, yeah, it was the second movie. Uh, no, actually, he had a few films after before this. So regardless, this: he was young. He came into this movie. You know, I I already said it from the uh, the top: Swiss, French. You know, a guy who clearly has no idea what this is. He had never seen the previous films. He refused to watch the previous films because he wanted to make it his own thing that he did. But he really should have went back and watched the previous films because th- th- this, this poor goddamn movie. Like they yeah. just, you know, um, uh, um uh, what's his name from um uh Alan B. McElroy and, and Dwight Little, the, the the writer and director of part four, you know, they had part five mapped that out at the end of the movie. They knew they weren't coming back.
2: They knew where they wanted to take Jamie Lloyd after after she stabbed her stepmom at the top of the steps. They had like an arc for her.
1: Exactly. And their they, 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 part they, five, they five should, should have been her. Right. right. Because that's exactly had it. All set up. You had Jamie at the end holding the, the scissors up there with the, uh, the costume resembling little Michael at age six from the beginning right. of the first one. Right. Um, and it was basically like a whole new era like it all tra- it all that's, back I back mean, yeah, that that's, moment that's, where she touches that's, him that's that's how i came out
2: of for like oh we're gonna start over and jamie lloyd's now gonna terrorize Haddonfield for the next 20 years
1: but they and ignored that, but they don't in this movie and it's, it's weird but we'll get to it as it goes along There's well, yeah. a particular moment of the film where it's just like wait what are we doing do you know what you're doing but anyway uh but back to what i was talking about um, yeah, Dominic, Dominic, Dominique, whatever it may be. Uh Yeah, he clearly this this is this is not a true sequel. <laughs> God, I don't, that's all I can really say at the end. Of the he's day. Just like,
2: "Oh, I get it. I will, I will make American slasher movie for you."
1: Yeah, you know, I know the that whole. Was, crew that was girl. my that was my I Dominique impression. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the entire cast and crew were held up at this hotel during the shoot. It was like a party. To be honest with you, I, I, I hear more about this behind-the-scenes hotel party more than the film itself and like documentaries and stuff. They always talk about how the cast and crew always this. there's footage, too, in the, the documentary they, they, the film.
2: That like like they showed up and they were they were just waiting for him to finish you know rewriting the shooting scripts and they were there like they they were there in advance yeah they and they're it was, all partying they're young things. partying well yeah they were all it was very young cast
1: yeah very young so all right so the completed pumpkin is shown as we cut back to the ending of part Pur- that pop that Halloween four Uh with the uh, <laughs> events of said film being shown along with the addition of Meeker and the cops tossing dynamite down the shaft so that wasn't in part four.
2: No, no, they so just blasted the shit out of them. Then, you know, the, um, you know, the, the sheriff has a, you know, big ass Spaz 12 shotgun. He just unloads on Michael. Michael just falls in the ditch. Then we cut to Jamie's. Yeah, happy suddenly the life. stick
1: of dynamite comes out of nowhere. Yeah. So, and you see it. they throw it down and it, it goes off as he's crawling out of this hole this convenient mm-hmm. hole that goes out that leads to this like rapid it's like this creek but it's like the, the roughest creek i've ever seen in my life yeah so
2: he crawls um, like, like he crawls out of a sewer like like a sewer drain and he, he winds up you know he's he's all fucking exhausted and he kind of drifts down the brook you know like, he is winded half he does look winded
1: yeah he's like he's that's finally- why his mask has that receding hairline yeah right so, yeah, we'll talk uh, about it. So yeah, yeah. Uh, we see him as. Uh, let's talk about it now, because I hate <laughs> this mask. This is the worst mask of the franchise. Okay, number one,
2: number one, I had this. I had this. I have this, this jotted down for a little bit later in the run, but let's just fucking get out of the way now. I don't know about you, but I prefer my Shatner mask with the it tucked into the collar. OK, the whole. Yeah, film, I don't know why. why fucking do it that. out. It's like hanging, hanging out. At. It's, it, it's, it, yes, it resembles a mask, but it's arguably the worst mask in the franchise. There's little to no like defining expression to it. It's fucking super bright white, which it shouldn't be. And the fact that it looks like he literally just threw it on 10 seconds before they called action, it takes away from the omin- from the ominousness of the character. Because the mask, the little flats are just like exposed the whole time at the base of the neck. I do not like that
1: one bit. Not
2: to mention the fucking right, so, blonde hair.
1: So he's got a receding hairline, like I mentioned.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, originally, it, it was blonde. Looks like um, originally, it was blonde. It was darkened up, well, but the blonde one shows up late in the film for a split second.
1: That's part four. You're talking about part no, four. You no, no, no. It's a miss- blonde. I'm like, no, it's part four. It's in this one. It's in this no, one. You're, you're talking about part four at the end, the school, when he pops out and he comes out and he has blonde hair for a moment and pinks and uh, the, the actual mask is pink, not white. That's in part four when he throws... Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Four is the one where she's... No. Where,
2: where um, yeah, okay. I, again, you're, I did them back to back. You're getting your and, mixed up. Well, it's because I, I did them back to back and then we didn't... Um, I, I missed I, out on the coverage for four, so I didn't take notes on four. Um my notes yeah, here. This is
1: part five. The mask, I mean, part four's mask is whatever. I've 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 gotten used to that mask over the years. But this mask, nice. which again is supposed to resemble the mask from part four. It's supposed to resemble that mask. It doesn't resemble it at even the slightest. It doesn't resemble it at all. It's it's one, it's it's a fucking wet hot mess, it really is. So yeah, Michael gets blasted out of this canyon shit, um, into this this rapid. Uh, that sends him down the bank a little. He eventually escapes by grabbing a net, where he pulls himself out of the water and is seen wandering, tired and defeated. Now this homeboy looks defeated in this moment here. He's just like out, 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 out. He goes inside. Uh, he's uh, outside of this old hermit shack. Uh, yeah, so I call the hermit, hermit Ralph Harbinger. <laughs> yeah, and he's just hanging out in Hadfield. Now we got hermit shacks in Hadfield. Yeah, he's, shit, so
2: he's your he's your harbinger, man. It's Ralph Harbinger. That's what I call him.
1: So the Harbinger goes outside to investigate the noise uh, that him and his bird heard when he's uh, suddenly grabbed by Michael. But Michael just collapses. He doesn't do anything but collapse in front of him. He's just like, help me. Cut to one year later. And it's October 30th at the Children's Clinic in Hattonfield, where Jamie Lloyd is having nightmares from the previous film's ending, but can't even let out as much of a scream due to her condition, which is never revealed. Suddenly she's mute. Um, why, um, <laughs> uh, so much. Why? It's, to be asked yeah, it's, it, that's what I could
2: now, now I, I, again, I don't, I don't, when I make these, notes, why is I she I mute? Um, I, I don't, I don't like that. Jamie symptoms make no sense is a note that I have here. Um, now are we already past the part where, um, cause I know, you know, the, the, the harbinger takes him into the shed. Um, there's a moment where you see that, and I've written this three times. You see that fucking thorn tattoo. On we're his coming up on it. We're not
1: okay. Yet, okay, so we're, we're not there up yet. Because
2: there's a moment at about the, at the eight minute mark. I want to
1: talk about. So it, it's it's a, it's pretty much coming up. I just really okay. wanted to talk about her condition for a second because it's, I don't yeah, get yeah, it. Right. I don't know why right. she's makes, makes
2: It makes no sense. Suddenly she's just scared to death, can't speak anymore.
1: And not you know, only that, she's having. She's having nightmares from the previous film, one of which is the goddamn moment where she stabs her mother. Is her mother dead? Is she alive? Did it happen? Did it not happen? Apparently it did.
2: And now she's got some weird telekinetic link to her fucking uncle for no reason at all.
1: She killed her mother, but everyone's being lovey-dovey towards her, and like, and being, oh, poor girl, poor girl. She should be locked up if she killed her mother, or put her in a mental hospital. uh,
2: Yeah, it's just there's just so many fucking gaps of logic in this one, which you know, I I I give slasher films benefit of doubt when it comes to gaps in logic, but shit, man, you at least fill in fill the hole in a little bit for Christ's sake. You got a ten foot hole, you can put six feet of dirt in it. Yeah.
1: Um. So yeah, Michael's hand suddenly comes to life and he wakes up to retrieve his uh his mask. So yeah, yep. the mark. The mark is thorn that we learn about. We learn more about it in the sixth film. But you um, see that
2: fucker there. And I will say this, it's about the eight-minute mark, it's over the Harbinger's right shoulder. This is what I will say about this film is it gives you a few actual glimpses of Michael without the mask not close-ups you know you had it for a split second at the end of you know halloween but and but you can kind of like if you pause it at the right time you can kind of make out the details and this dude looks like a fucking you know biology teacher
1: it's John shanks he had long hair back then
2: right right just like long you know dark-haired skinny dude
1: and it was him too yeah, that, yeah. That on his, his face because that was um, yeah I'm glad you mentioned that because I remember the, the back of the VHS for this that was like the big thing like that was the big sell for this movie is Michael Myers unmasked see the and face of the killer and it's like you see it by profile you see him in, in a a shadow. the shadow
2: yeah but you can still make out you know facial, you've seen it from like the left side you still make out some of the facial features the color of his hair that Carver's his eyes. Yeah, but you
1: couldn't 30 years ago in a VHS. Well no, 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 no.
2: No. You're right about that. Um and there's a moment later on in the film when Jamie tells him to
1: get the mask off.
2: You see you see a little bit
1: That's more what I'm it. talking about. That's that's the moment I'm talking about what are you right. talking about now? What's the first time you see it when is the first time you see it?
2: When he sits oh, up to yeah, crit, yeah, yeah, yeah. grab his mask. You see him in the background yeah, at about the or six mark. You do yeah, you do see him for, you know, better than what you saw because you only got like maybe a second you know, when when uh Laurie pulls a mask off and you know, the first but here he sits up, kind of looks so you get about a good three, almost four to five seconds of him in the background, slightly out of focus without his mask on. So naturally that's where your your eyes are diverting to because you want to see the man behind the mask.
3: And yes, Is he you can in that scene in-
2: too. Yeah, right. Um and if I'm not mistaken, this this probably has for the few seconds it is on screen it's probably the most screen time he ever has without his mask on in the franchise am i right i would have to think about that
1: one i don't know honestly i never thought about that
2: i just i don't know just something it's just something across
1: my mind you know, man, it, maybe you might be on something i just don't know at the top of my head honest. Um, yeah. uh see the old man uh he he uh he takes his mask so jamie is mimicking him as, as well she's like he reaches out for his mask he puts it on and she's doing and she's reaching mimicking that,
2: like she's mining she's got some they're like out of and she's nowhere. got this she's little got- chalk and then she's
1: got this little chalkboard and she's writing he's coming and she's but she's like spazzing out right now her conditioning is it's getting worse after michael kills the hermit so michael goes to the guy like how does he even kill him he kind of like just breaks them. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. You know? This
2: guy just tended to him for a fucking year, so he snaps in <laughs> half. Yeah.
1: So yeah. So
2: again, not much makes sense about this film. Jamie's symptoms make absolutely no sense except to, you know, because the next part well, of the script calls for it. This, this next
1: this next moment really makes no sense because suddenly this clinic has a makeshift surgical team that just springs in out of nowhere. Like they suddenly rush in and they're taking her down the hall, down to this OR, this operating room. Her trachea is about to be opened up until Loomis suddenly appears. It's like uh or, or, you know, Loomis Machina. Uh he just appears and, and tells him to stop. Mind you, it's like the middle of the night. How right? do you know who is, how how does is anybody happening?
2: know who this fucking guy is? The cops listen to answer to him the whole fucking movie. He's just a weird old guy with a with a with a, with a Columbo trench coat and a fucking cane. At this and point, he's just
1: like, "Don't, don't." Like, uh, and and goes, number is, one, to begin with, I couldn't believe they were going to do that to her. But yeah, he says that she's she's fine. As the shaking suddenly stops after he says that.
2: Yeah, like Loomis has the answers to why she's telepathically connected to the human embodiment of evil. Makes no sense. Pleasance is hamming it the fuck up.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. he was, At this point, he's, he's just drunk. He's just drunk and not even fucking hiding it anymore. Because he he's a big drinker he's like, this, behind the This scenes. is all
2: I got left in my career. I'm just going to fucking milk this goddamn thing because they pay because Mustafa pays me well you know and yeah. this is where i made the note that Loomis technically is in worse shape than his fucking mental patients Loomis yeah, is he, just out, and he looks he's, rough he's out of his fucking mind you know and he's fucking yeah. worse off than the people he tends to care for you know
1: yeah this is when he's just donald pleasant's is just having himself a me moment uh, the whole thing is one,
2: donald pleasant's me moment yes yeah. <laughs> fucking all about stealing the seat.
1: So the next morning, Jamie wakes up in her room to her sister, Rachel, by her side. Remember her? Rachel, yeah. um, her sister from the fourth film who survived with her. Uh, her friend Tina uh, shows up. Uh, Tina, played by Wendy Kaplan. Um, honestly, these deep, deep dives, I really go into like actors and stuff like we're, that. We're, for this, for this film, muscle, there's, not this film, there's nothing. There's like two people I want to talk about briefly. But, you know, yeah. Wendy Kaplan, yeah nothing about her so she yeah, shows up a, a, and, after um,
2: this film i had i had a bit i have a bit of a crush on her for like a week or two you know when yeah, i was I when i was my teens because she just had that like spunky valley girl fucking you know hoity toity mall look about her kind of the kind of girl that i hoped i would date when i got to high school back then you know um now i will say this though when it comes mm-hmm. to this cast this is probably the biggest returning cast members from any previous installment. When you agree the most, I should say the most returning cast members until we get to what David Gordon Green's coming up with this year. Like when you think about it, you know, the sheriff's back, Rachel's back, Jamie's uh, back. You know, I, I was, say, I would
1: I would say that part two, obviously has a lot of people from the first one. I mean, they even got, uh, Nancy keys back just to play a dead body. um, but in this one, there's at least what four, maybe five. How many were in? T- Loomis were Meeker. In hang on, Loomis Meeker, Law, um, Jamie, uh, Rachel. Um, who else? Is four. Part four. I mean, part one and two. You've got Loomis. You've got uh, the 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 sheriff. Um, bracket. Sheriff. Bracket. 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 Thank you. Okay. Um, Jamie Lee, um, Nancy Keys, who I mentioned. Um, so it's bad. Uh, the, 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 the nurse. The nurse. The um, nurse. What's her face? Um, oh, the, the nurse was in part one. Yeah, she, she, she's, she, she gets attacked. That's when Michael escapes. The, uh, the 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 famous shot of Michael's hand like smashing the window behind her while she's in the car, and then she jumps out. Michael drives away in the in the, in the station wagon. That was that was that's her. That's the nurse. Okay. okay. So, but yeah, but the, it, you're right though. Your your point is a lot of people return, and yes, you are correct on that. Um. So Rachel's at home alone. Uh, no. Oh, back to uh, Rachel and Tina. Uh, Tina, I think Goofy with rachel until loomis enters the picture again rachel and tina then leave but rachel promises jamie she'll be back in a couple of days so we got rachel at home Oh yeah, dr loomis
2: always a party pooper ain't he? yeah i
1: know Everybody's Showering a good when time. we see the
2: shows up all ominously like he's coming home
1: it's funny too uh th- this scene here uh the-, the director like his biggest issue with uh, uh Ellie cornell who plays Rachel, is like she wasn't sexy enough in this moment like apparently she tells a story of how like she's in the shower and you-, you just watched the movie so it's just you know normal shower scene nothing us about it. Nothing's shown. It's not even for that reasoning. But he's standing there shooting it, going, be more sexy. Do it sexier. Sexy. More sexy. I mean, she's fucking naked, like, dripping
2: wet in a towel, answering the fucking door. I mean, it's a... <laughs> she's too, to do it, you know, throwing a phone and, and lap dance for, you know, do a pole dance by herself in the house? Yeah.
1: Gotta do it sexy. As long <laughs> as it's sexy. Jesus as Christ. long as it's sexy. <laughs> Yo, Michael Myers, make it sexy. So yeah. she's, uh, we got a POV shadow Michael outside around the house, which prompts the family dog Max to bark uncontrollably, which triggers Jamie at the clinic. Jamie's in the middle of drawing with a marker. So she starts drawing Max, which catches the attention of Loomis and another boy in there named Billy, who uh, has a speech impediment and stutters a lot. Loomis calls Rachel and tells her to run to the next neighbor's house, get uh, get out of there. Which she uh, well, he, has, t- he tells her to check on the dog does.
2: first. He tells her to check on the dog okay. because Jamie Jamie was just drawing that picture of Max, so he tells her to check on the dog. And Max is barking. She thinks Max got out, so it prompts her to panic. And Loomis is like, get to another phone, get to the neighbor's house, get to the store you know get out of that house get out of that house and she yeah, runs right. it so granted she didn't bother getting dressed she's sopping wet yeah. just wrapped it with bath towel wrapped around her nubile young 17 year old teen running down the sidewalks of haddonfield on october 29th soaking wet in a towel that's a normal shot for haddonfield illinois i agree triggers <laughs> uh,
1: jamie so um yeah, okay. So, after a check from Haddonfield's finest deputy dorks, these deputy dorks, they got their own, like, um, yeah, why do they have their own, like, numbskull hijinks soundtrack that accompanies them in their like moments? I, I, I don't like that at all. All clear,
2: nothing above, nothing below.
1: I can't with this shit. I can't. They kind
2: of they kind of remind me of that bumbling sheriff and his detective from um Last House on the Left, where yes. like suddenly Craven just cuts away to these two Keystone cop idiots and turns and into And they had their own music too. For they a couple had their own music as well and then it goes that's back right. to the terror at hand. But yeah, that's what reminds me of is the fucking sheriff and his deputy idiot from what's Craven's last house on the left.
1: <laughs> it's just it's always bugged me, and I'm just like, nope. Every time I hear it. Um so they they say everything's all clear rachel can go back inside um and then we get her death she's uh same thing michael's inside playing playing around knocking things over sent. she goes into one of the rooms she sees a broken picture on the ground and when she turns around michael peers and stabs her with scissors originally in the script those scissors were supposed to go right down her fucking throat. But she was like, nope, ain't happening. And they did it uh, huh. to this instead. Uh, it's also worth mentioning, uh, and b did the effects for this film. So, very young k b No shit. Uh, Nicotero and um, uh, uh, Rob, Jesus Christ. Um, Howard Berger. Not, not, not Bob. Uh, no, Howard not Berger, not Rob Bodden. No, no, Rob. No, Rob Boutine wasn't and B. You're thinking of um, uh, Rob, you, you got the first name right. Um,
2: I always pronounce I it. On,
1: no, that's Rob Boutine, the guy who did like robocop it, and stuff. Boutin. Okay, you pronounce it Boutine? I didn't know that. But that's how it is pronounced. It's Boutine, Rob Boutine. Okay,
2: well, like D Autonomy. I've learned something new on the show.
1: There you go. Uh, but no, um, God damn it, Kb What the hell is his name? Um, will come Greg to me in a Nicotera, second.
2: Howard Berger, Who's Robert that? Kurtzman, Robert Kurtzman.
1: Kurtzman. Kurtzman. Because he, direct- he directed Wishmaster.
2: Yeah, 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 that's right, that's right.
1: Yeah. I um,
2: remember when I met, I remember when I when, when I met Greg Nicotera. It was just a funny little side story. I walked up to his table at Mania, and he had one of the Lucy Lou prop heads from Kill Bill. You know where she's got her brain exposed and stuff. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I walked up. And he was like, you know, it was kind of like on the side of him. He's kind of facing out, you know, how they have the, you know, the celebrity room or whatever in the ballroom there. And I walk up from, you know, from the side. and He's got them all surrounded, displayed around. like come up and I'm like, oh, wow. And he kind of heard me. And he glanced up and I'm like, is this, was this screen used? And he's like, oh, yeah, man, yeah. How you doing? I'm Greg. I'm like, I know who the fuck you are, man. Like he introduced himself to me as Greg. I'm like, Mr. Nicotero, I know who you are. I mean, Mr. Nicotero is my father. Call me Greg. And we just shot the shit for a couple minutes. I'm just telling him how much I like his work. And shit. But I just always remember that because he was like, just kind of heard me from the side. Like, this might have been screen just Like, yeah, she was one of the ones we use in Kill Belt. I'm Greg, by the way. I'm like, I don't know who the fuck you are, Mr. Nicotero. Pretty cool.
1: What if I told you I kind of know howard Berger personally and i'm yeah. kind of working on getting him on the show um i'd say i'm fucking all about it what episode are we doing i, I don't know how we're gonna do it. it might be an interview might be him joining us for something I, I haven't really i've been kicking it around before i even like approach him about it but uh yeah he joined us last year um my buddy jonathan who I went to the EOS game with last week okay he, um we did a we did a watch along with new nightmare and okay. I remember the I remember effects that. for new nightmare for that. And um he was on there with us to watch along as so it was me Jonathan, and and Howard. And then afterwards, um, he sent me a fucking friend request on Instagram. And nice. that's how we I, That's because he don't do anything else. So him and I, you know, we still talk on a personal level sometimes, you know, shooting shit back and forth Um, right on. at that. At that point, he was doing he was getting ready to do the third season for the other uh, Orville. Um, for Fox. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And, uh, yeah. I haven't talked to him in a minute, but um, he's still, you know, uh, pretty active on Instagram. Although his name is, is, it's kind of a, it's, it's I'm glad that he messaged or uh, requested me first because I would have never guessed like it's, he's kind of got, he's kind of like low profile on, on Instagram. So, right. So,
2: uh, man, that's cool. Man. But yeah, I just want to let you know that. After, uh, yeah. I hope, I hope that pans out for us. That'll be, that'll be a cool episode
1: yeah 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 definitely so i'm definitely gonna try and work that out at some point um so back to this shit uh t- 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 so yeah loomis is now shown trying to convince sheriff meeker that it isn't over that michael is still out there he even mentions meeker's daughter before exposing his burnt arm while telling Meeker what happened last time that it happened 10 years ago uh what happened last night? This all happened ten years ago. Now, uh, Meeker's then called to the cemetery, so Loomis goes with him. uh then we got Tina she's going to Rachel's she goes she shows up at Rachel's, just walks in nonchalantly, can't find her. Uh, but I can understand that. I mean, back in the day, you know, like Corey and Mets, like I just walked into their houses and all that. So, I can well, she that. knew I
2: can she she knew where the extra key was hidden, so she let herself in. Obviously, yeah. she's she's friends enough to you know, even if Mom and Dad would have walked down the steps and been like, "Oh, it's just Tina, okay," you know, she'd so have been cool with that. Yeah, like like I could walk into your house even if you or Andrew weren't there, and and as far as her um, like kind of um, making herself at home, but she just right. makes the quick leap that uh, oh, Tina must have decided to just go. Uh, Rachel would decided to go up to the lake with her parents. Just out of nowhere, Rachel. Yeah, she, oh, she must be. She must have decided to go away without telling any of us. We had this big Halloween party. Yeah. party. She decided to go away. No big thing. Let's move to the next plot point.
1: Yeah, that's true. Like they do go about their night without like no no about no eyebrows raised no questions. asked. Yeah, she's just
2: that. not there, and nobody's fucking worried. Tina just her has si- one sister, line. Her sister,
1: her sister's in the goddamn clinic, who's mute right. apparently, and yeah. Just, It's a fucking movie. So, so so Michael's still present as Tina randomly goes into a dark bedroom and inspects the jewelry box um, as the doorbell suddenly rings. Enter female victim number three, Samantha. Uh, So, Tina and Sam are... Oh, by the way, Samantha's played by Tamara Glenn. Don't know her. Don't know who she's been in other than this. Uh, she, She frequents the convention circuit. That's all I have on her. So, Tina and Sam are walking through town. Michael... Little, there are a little bit of things I like about this movie, and I do like seeing Michael in the background as they're walking around through town talking. If you if you pay attention, you can see little Mikey back there, like mm. kind of lingering back, stalking them. I like it. With um, Samantha Tina how tonight's going to be special. We're then introduced to Tina's greaser boyfriend, Mike, and his '67 Camaro. The only thing that fucking matters to this douchebag. Yeah. Um it. Not a car guy, so I can't really comment on the vehicle. All I know is that it's slick, it's fast, yeah, so, and the guy so
2: likes it's, it. it. It's a nice ass muscle car. Be something to be proud of. All right. Yeah.
1: So. But no I, I don't know. If it means more. I don't know. If
2: it means more to me than you know than a hot you know girlfriend like he's got there but yeah you know, he right. kind of reminds me he kind of reminds me of buddy Ravel from christine
1: <laughs> or ripperton yeah ripperton yeah, yeah. not I,
2: buddy yeah. ripperton from fucking christine that's who he reminds me of
1: buddy Ripperton. so jamie's uh I I can okay, I I this okay I remember this scene very well when I was younger so Jamie sees Michael outside through the window and she he's Gives off the impression that he's, you know, walking towards her and he's going to get her. So she's, you know, running around. She goes down to the basement. She's down in the back and she's, meanwhile, being chased by what appears to be Michael. It's only focusing on the guy's legs and shoes and boots. It's not focusing on anything else. And she's running. She ends up going up to like this little in the basement, this little hidden area. This scene's always reminded me of Michael chasing. Jamie Lee, Jamie Lee, at the end of part two, when she goes down to the basement and the elevator scene and all that, this is kind of like that. In, in and yeah, would
2: it, would it, would so, it, I have a note here: who turned on the strobe light in the laundry room? Does that's making yeah, no yeah, fucking exactly. sense? Fucking strobe light in the so, laundry room.
1: Yeah, swerve. It wasn't Michael. It was the janitor all along. So he's just he's he wouldn't
2: what, call out. He obviously sees the girls freaked out, but he's going to stay quiet until he gets within a few feet from her and so says, "Be like, Jamie, Jamie, we're looking for you." That made not no that, sense that, outside he's of body like, audience.
1: Not only that, he's like, "What are you doing down here? What the fuck do you think she's doing down there? You chased her. You fool." <laughs> She yeah, Loomis goes to Jamie and begs for her help, asking why she's protecting Michael after making her stab her foster mother the year before. So that's all that that that, that they brush on from that is right. just this little moment of dialogue here. Um, he tells but, he's very, but dr- he's
2: very he's very curt. He's very he's like intimidating. You he know what I mean? Drunk. If you were a kid. Well, true, true. I made a note <laughs> here that for a child psychiatrist, Loomis is not very good with kids. Because he's just, like, fucking yelling at them, demanding shit from them. He ushers the rest of the Billy and the rest of the kids out of the room. Like, Loomis is a shitty child psychologist.
0: you got to help me, Jamie. You've got to help me to find him. We both know he's alive. But you know where he is. Why? Why are you protecting him? What about your stepmother, Jamie? You love her, don't you? He made you stab her. You can't hide from him. He'll always get to you. Jamie, Jamie, listen. Today in the cemetery, somebody suddenly dug up a coffin. Was a coffin of a nine year old girl. What do you think he's going to do with that? Huh? You're nine years old. Aren't you, Jamie?
3: Doctor Loomis, leave the little girl alone.
0: Tears won't get you anywhere. Help me to find him. We'll find him together. There's a reason why he has this power over you. Did you ever wonder what it is?
2: Yeah, he really he, is. He, he, look at look 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 at his trophy case. The fucker got out. And he started killing a bunch of people.
1: Fucker literally
2: got literally away. Luma shit out his license revoked at this point.
1: Yeah. Uh so yeah he tells her someone dug up the coffin of a nine-year-old girl at the cemetery so i when he says this i had to rewind the movie i'm like did Mm -hmm. i miss a scene what the fuck why would would you tell a
2: traumatized girl that given her uncle's history given what she just went through the night before halloween why would you fucking say that again loomis is a shitty child psychologist
1: I don't know, it, it, a lot of it just smells like bullshit. So this is when Jamie's nurse tells Loomis to leave her alone. He says tears won't help and that they can find them together. Um, And then we get the the arrival, the black, the man in black.
2: Yeah. Cue the ominous boots and trench coat guy who just shows up out of nowhere. I remember sitting at the like, what the fuck is this shit? He like walks off the yeah. bus and kicks a dog, you know, once again, Fucking thorn tattoo, and you're like, what the fuck is this thing, man? It's this shit in here I ain't never seen before. And they're, they're all
1: like it'll all like it'll all be answered in Halloween six, it'll all be right. answered and revealed in Halloween six. Halloween six didn't come out for fucking six years later. So I know, right? The, that. That's
2: the main reason I rode my fucking bike up highway 85 in Atlanta, Georgia to see Halloween six. I'm like, I gotta know about that fucking tattoo and this weirdo in the fucking cowboy boots and a trench coat from a couple years ago. That's, you know, that's why I went to the theater because, like, they they sprinkled these little fucking breadcrumbs that led to nowhere by the time he had credits rolling Halloween 5. You know? Yeah. And then it feels like the you know, Mustafa and his son and everybody else have all had to scramble to, like, put those pieces together in, you know, the Tommy Wallace. I mean, uh, you know, Tommy's backstory.
1: All that. All that fucking wait six years to fucking yeah. it's revealed that it's fucking Mitch Ryan that a goddamn drape from it's supposed to be the goddamn doctor from part one who's in literally a thirty second scene. So talk about underwhelming. Um, yeah, I can't wait.
2: Till, I can't wait till we rip this shit out of part six. So I'm coming at it with a fucking box cutter. I,
1: I bet Josh can't wait either.
2: <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> Yeah, buddy. This one's for you, buddy. Uh, So yeah, uh, fucking man in black. So Loomis goes to the newly remodeled vacant Myers house. This fucking place. This is my biggest gripe. I think I hate this more than fucking Myers mask itself is this goddamn big ass Victorian mansion. When the fuck did this house turn into this?
2: Right. It's still all fucking run down, but yet they had the time to build it out and then abandon it and make it all shit.
1: They added a whole fucking floor to it. extended the goddamn size, threw up some new, ah, uh, dude, this, this, this shit.
2: Well, now that, now that you mentioned the
1: beginning this of the episode, so how, the, how the
2: director never bothered looking at any of the other ones. Like, Hell no. <laughs> I'm not saying it's forgivable, but at least now I understand why it showed up on fucking screen the way that it did.
1: You would have thought fucking Mustafa would have been there at one set. No, no, no! That does not look like Myers' house. No, this looks like Myers'. So. Mustafa's.
2: Mustafa's counting the fucking money, man. That's all he's doing. He sent his son
1: down there to manage that shit. Speak, his uh, was... For the record, we're not speaking ill of Mustafa. Number one, no, we're we, we, not. We that's with uh, someone who's passed on. Number two, we no. love Mustafa. We're just busting yeah.
2: his balls because <laughs> he just—he literally—he just went back. And I, I get it. You know, he had a license to print fucking money back in seventy-eight. In in, in, in eighty, yeah. so he went he he went back to the well and and focused on what worked, which you can't blame if you got a successful business, you know why change unless you're forced to, but he didn't, you know Mustafa didn't adapt with the times quite as much as he could have or should have. Let's face it, not mm-hmm. with this franchise.
1: Uh, so, Loomis is walking around. He's got his gun with him. He's checking the place out. Um, looking for michael michael isn't there but we do see the boot of the man in black exposed after loomis leaves yeah fucking Um, randall
2: flag back in town (laughs) that's what i call him he's randall flag
1: so mike (laughs) tina and samantha go to samantha's boyfriend Spitz, his job who's working at the grocery store to get he's getting a booze um i I do have a note about this guy who plays Spitz. it's matthew walker from child's play three um yeah, Child's Play 3. Any fans, anyone? Cool. All right. Moving on. <laughs> uh, so we see Michael watching from across the street. Uh, then Mike, for all intents and purposes, I'm calling Michael, Michael, and Mike, Mike. Don't want to confuse the audience. So, no, Michael, no, right? as in Michael Myers is watching Mike, as in Tina's greaser douchebag boyfriend, Mike. Buddy represent 2.0. Yes, exactly. He pulls into the yeah, bag, Buddy whips Robertton. it out there. And then suddenly, in this scene, it's nighttime. Apparently, uh, Michael comes out from the back, and he's got a fucking—it's like a, 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 a snake, right? They call that a snake or a rake? It's like a, like a three-prong rake for, a, a, yeah. for gardening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or it is, a it's, hoe, it's, if, it's, as you will.
2: It's—it's it's, it's,
1: well, a, a hoe is like a hoe. No, flat it's not right. a hoe. No, no. Yeah, well, this, yeah it's like a rake. It's
2: exactly it. It's like a three-prong fucking rake. So, like, pull up your tomatoes and shit with it. <laughs>
1: So Mike's checking, you know, his face, waiting for uh, spits. These fucking names, and he's checking out his face for pimples, I guess. And then all of a sudden, Michael pops up from the back um, with this three pronged snake, uh, and he, or yeah, and um, or rake. I'm sorry, not snake. And he just slams it down on the homeboy's car and and pulls it, so it makes it the biggest, the loudest scratch. And he gets out like his eyes bulge and he gets out and like he just
2: scratching dude. the entire time
1: hurt. unless it's just me missing something here it looked or if they were on a set I don't know it, it was dark I'm like what's going on it's supposed to be the fucking afternoon right now this scene looks like it's in the in, in the alley in the, in the dark nighttime but anyway I'm, I'm getting too carried at that he takes it to the face the, the the he takes it right to the face um sorry see Mike. Uh, so then we cut to Jamie at the uh, Halloween the uh, the clinic. They're having a pageant or a costume contest or something. Of yeah,
2: she's got. Yeah, yeah, they got him, like the, the. I guess the director of the the clinic is at the top of the steps, and they got all the kids lined up. the The family and friends are down in the foyer, and they're bringing each kid up one by one to introduce them in their costumes. Jamie's got her little princess costume one, I think her. You know, little boyfriend, Billy's dressed like a pirate or something. Yeah, he's you know? a pirate, yep. And it's B- just showing, But B- like, Billy... <laughs> yeah. And it's just showing you know, Jamie trying to have a normal Halloween. You consider what happened this time last year. And even Tina makes you a point, like, why don't they just fucking cancel Halloween in this town? Uh, don't you yeah. think they should have pulled a Valentine's Bluff and pretended October 31st doesn't exist? Just like Valentine Bluff pretends fucking February 14th don't exist. <laughs>
1: I mean, you would think. I mean, the last movie back in Halloween Four, Michael got his mask from a goddamn convenience store. So right. they should stop selling the mask for one. Right. Uh, um, so yeah, uh, Jamie, this this contest or pageant or whatever you want to call it, she's having visions of Tina. Now Tina's being picked up now by Michael. Michael took Mike's car. Remember from the first film, Michael knows how to drive. So Mike's wearing, and it's also worth mentioning, Mike had this like old hermit, mat, not hermit. Yeah,
2: Tina, Tina. Birthday. And I did make a note. I, I actually kind of dig that alternate mask. It's got that like weird, grumpy, like, you know, drunken hobo. Hermit old man. Typeface. Yeah. Yeah. With the, yeah. the big protruding chin. I think he's got like a cigar hanging out. and like an
1: anti-Popeye.
2: Right. Exactly. Like an evil Popeye look. And like... It actually kind of works. Like, they could have went with that mask for the rest of the fucking film and I'd have bought into it more than this cheap, fucking bleached-out, open-collar, yeah, you know, fake-ass William Shatner Halloween 5 mask that they decided to go with. So I did kind of dig that I'm, alternate mask on Michael from
1: I'm going to go as far as to say this entire scene kind of works for me. Uh, I hate to say it, but, like, I don't, I'm talking about specifically Tina... In the car with Mike. Not the yeah, shit with Jamie. Clueless, has no Not idea the shit in with it's... Jamie spazzing backwards. almost was going off the balcony. None of that shit. No. This right. this moment here of Tina in the car with Michael. Right. It's, I, I like to play on names. Mike, Michael. Right. Um, but it's all in the eyes. And holy mm-hmm. shit. This John Shanks eyes freak me the fuck out. Like when he gives her the side eye when she tries to kiss him. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, this scene works. Um, one of the very be... few, yeah. So, you know, Jamie is having another incident. Uh, she, she's panicking. Then everyone's asking, you know, Loomis, and and, and is asking what she sees and what's happening, and she's falling back, and she's like, coo, coo, coo. And, and this is my favorite scene here because Billy's trying to like understand what she's saying, and he's like
0: store
3: <coughs>
0: kind of store what do they sell there like
3: <coughs> no. yes. like what, what do they
0: sell big g- g- woman a big woman yeah. a big woman who works works in the store right? <coughs> what, what? No. Jamie, no. oh, cookie, cookie woman. woman. <laughs> cookie woman. Cookie <laughs> woman. Dale's gas station, Fifth
2: and May. <laughs> co- 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 cookie w- w- woman. Big cookie woman. Yeah, big cookie <laughs> woman, and they make they make sense of it right away because they're painting on the side of the convenience store. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. So they send the cops there to to. to to get her and she goes inside to get cigarettes and michael's sitting there waiting the cops show up and they, they pull they, they take her with them and michael just drives off with his ultimate mask on so tina got away inadvertently but still got away um see this is when she goes back but then like she had keeps on this uh, jamie this scene i have issues with this shit Jamie is basically crying her heart out for her to just stay with her for the night. That's all Tina has to do is fucking stay with Jamie. But no, this goddamn Halloween party is more important. Yep. Um, okay. Tina. Where's Jamie?
0: There's something wrong. Tina. I love it! (laughs) Tina, don't go. I have to. Why? Because. You might not understand, but. (sighs) When you're older, there are people you're gonna meet who make you feel like connected. Like your heart is made of neon, and. When you find them, you have to be with them.
1: But he was with you. Who?
0: The boogeyman. Oh, yeah, that's one way of describing him. Dina, no! Honey, I will come back later tonight and I will sleep with you right here.
3: Dina! I'll
0: be back. I love you. Dina! All right, Bernie, let's get the tears all right why don't you stay the night oh I'm sorry I gotta run Tina please stay away okay you know you're really creepy filling that little girl with all that boogeyman crap I believe that you're in danger Jamie believes it too Jamie's a nine-year-old girl be sensible <laughs> I'm never sensible if I can help it Tina I got these over here for God's sake stop her all right.
1: On whose orders? She hasn't done anything wrong. And that's what she's saying. to rock and roll, baby. I know, I know, I know, I know. And even Loomis is like, you know, that little girl never needs you. And she's just like, If this know, girl dies tonight. Yeah. So she, she gets out, she goes, and, you know, of course they send, you know, the, the two bumbling deputies out you know, to, to, to follow her, unbeknownst to her, of course. So they go to this party, and this party is a like this, like, barn uh with this it's like a house party on a barn and costume party samantha's there of spits uh, uh tina's in there with this fucking guy in a fucking weird cat costume who's like yeah,
2: he's got like fucking f- like hair glued to his face he's like some yeah, it's what, really what kind weird of looking he's dude. like
1: upset he just shows up every time she's we see her he's like by her side like humping her leg it's really fucking weird all right um and, and yeah, so you know, they find the 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 kids catch wind of the cops outside. It's the two deputies I like I mentioned. So they have a little fun. Spitz finds Michael's costume, or apparently, um, and yeah, because they're acting like he's but it's you no know, so
2: so so
1: this I, I got a good note about this. So Spitz, Thank Spitz you.
2: originally Spitz originally, you know, he's dressed like your prototypical like cowboy ranch hand. He's got his little, you know. Bandana around his neck, you know, his cheap old straw hat. That was his costume. But then, for the sake of pranking the cops, okay, and this is why I make the note of why is there always got to be some other dipshit wearing a boiler suit and a Shatner mask in Haddonfield every fucking Halloween? You think they wouldn't learn what happened to Ben Tramer? A couple of years uh, ago. Exactly. Look at what happened to Ben Tramer. Look at what happened to the guy that did it in two. Look at what happened to the guy that did it in four. It happens again in five. You know, stop putting that fucking gear on, you goddamn idiots. You get you, your better chance surviving the night if you don't put a fucking jumpsuit and a white mask on. But there's always got to be some dipshit, some knucklehead and fucking hat off the field. Fucking 18 year old can't think he's 10 feet tall and bulletproof. Hopped up on fucking Stroh's and Jagermeister, can slap that fucking mask on and zip up the boiler suit, grab the kitchen knife, and then wham, crushed by a fucking car, or shot by the goddamn cops. You'd think they'd have fucking learned it for the Ben Tramer incident in 1978. End of rant, but I had to say that.
1: Guys, let's pour one out for good old Ben Tramer and Ted Hollister. <laughs> one's for Ben Tramer, Ted Hollister. Rest yep. in peace. <laughs> um. So yeah, the uh, Billy and uh, Jamie at this point they sneak out going after Tina. Uh. Then we see Samantha and Spitz in the actual barn, um, having sex. Well, they're about to. Well, first, Mike Spitz scares her with the mask at first, and 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 then they just. I, I guess it's an eighties horny girl thing, like you could spoof then well, they're like dropping panties automatically yeah
2: i made it a point here by the time the movie gets in the barn they are literally just going through the fucking motions by the book you know there's a there's head a head we're,
1: we're this is a, we're at the hour mark of this film it's only an hour and a half long right. see i i i took note of the uh time card or the, the time myself and yes, we're at the like hour and one minute mark at this point when this shit's happening.
2: Yeah, once they um, reach that barn, it's just nothing, <clears throat> nothing. The rest you of you the films on autopilot. It it really is. If if you if you see if you see if you rented a big box horror movie in the 80s, you know what's coming next. Nothing's gonna shock or surprise you. You know, you're here to see how cool the block looks at this point.
1: So okay, Spitz is on top. Um uh, Pumping her and uh she gets a pitchfork through the back. Uh it only goes through him, doesn't go through both of them, just him. I know,
2: right? I thought that too. Like he could have just you know two of one fork, Look, but he didn't do we it. We
1: can't have we can't have two films copying the Baited Blood. Okay, it can only be just one. So <laughs> that happens, and um she gets she kind of gets Angry (laughs) and like takes like the pitchfork and is like goes to attack him and he just like he's got this this scythe and he just knocks that that shit out of her hand just takes the scythe and just slits her with it you just don't you don't see the impact you just see blood splatter off screen so
2: it's a it's a it's a big ass fucking sickle he's holding too it's probably you know it's probably good you know six and a half foot seven foot handle and the blade itself probably good four feet long. It's you pretty goddamn it. big. I mean, it's out there, it's, obviously. You're in a form. It's, it's, the trademark, it. it's
1: the trademark weapon from this film. Yeah. People remember that weapon from this movie when they think about the weapons that Michael used. Sure. Um, so, Tina, just like every 80s movie, like you said, guys, autopilot. Tina finds all the bodies. Um, then she's chased through the field by Michael in a car. He's chasing her. Billy and Jamie show up try to save her. They end up getting chased too. car ends up crashing. Um, I guess the film wants to make you believe that Billy got ran over in the process. Although I don't think that's the case. Yeah, it's uh, Michael. Okay. Michael crashes into a tree fire. Of course comes up, but Michael gets out. He's walking around. He's walking after Jamie. Jamie can't really go anywhere. Um, I think she hurts a leg or something like that at this part. And, uh, Right before he goes to kill her, Tina pops up out of nowhere and sacrifices herself to, to help save Jamie, tells Jamie to run. And she takes the knife to the chest and then Loomis arrives and asks Jamie to help him. She uh, asks if if he can kill him and Loomis tells her he thinks so. So she puts what, she, what he wants. So she, puts, you know, so she asks what he wants her to do uh, as the medics pull away. Uh, and then we see Michael, and then we see Loomis calling out from Michael. I kind of do like this scene. He calls out into the woods for Michael. You can actually see he's visible in the woods. if you if you pay close attention, you can see him in the back.
0: Michael. It will destroy you too. One day, Michael this rage which drives you you think if you kill them all it will go away it won't you have to fight it in the place where it's strongest where it all began if you want to get rid of this rage Michael, go home. Go home. Go to your house. I shall be there waiting for you. You'll find her waiting for you.
2: Based on the way the, the, the way the obviously the camera angle keeps bouncing back and forth from Loomis to Myers and whatnot. But Um, he could kind of visibly see him like across the slight clearing of the woods or whatever. I've always
1: liked that too. It's really creepy.
2: Yeah, he's like, he knows that now he's talking to that face of evil, the devil's eyes that he saw when he was a child. And Loomis is finally getting a chance to wrap up his, his therapy on Michael Myers. He's like, just bring it back home. Go to where it all started. You know, and tells Michael to come back to the house.
1: And that's where we—that's where we cut to, and we're introduced to Troy Evans. Holy shit! I completely forgot Troy Evans was in this movie. Fucking Troy Evans plays the cop Charlie. He's in the room with Jamie and 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 uh, Loomis. Yep. Um, basically, he's got—he's Loomis is lo- using uh, Jamie as bait. He's got her up in the bedroom. She's just brushing her hair and getting all dolled up and whatever. It's uh, killing time while they wait for Michael to get there. They got cops well, outside. Which,
2: what they're kind of doing, and I'm sure that is, like you said, this director never bothered watching the originals. I'm sure Mustafa had his hand in this. Like, all right, look, you're gonna, you got to have her sitting here at a vanity, brushing her hair, just like how Judith Myers was in the beginning
1: that's, that's a good catch too because yeah very it's yeah. a very good callback because that's exactly what's going on here Yeah, um, although I'm not sure it was intentional <laughs> that's, unless that was a Mustafa uh, I would say if it was anything but, based
2: on what you've already said about this Dominique cat it probably was Mustafa Lord well hold on if you're gonna if you're gonna take the sequence here you need to film the, uh, uh, this particular shot which I think that, that's the way I took it was it was basically set to remind not only the viewer but michael of what went down you know at this point now 40 fucking years ago when the kid was six years old
1: what's your favorite troy evans performance
2: uh Living in las vegas Uh, okay when he's the high-ranked fucking cop (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and for all dude yeah. just in front of him in line. Just cause I remember when I read that book multiple times. We talked about him. I'm a big Hunter Thompson fan on here. Got a fucking tattoo of him on my forearm for Christ's sakes. Um the way that Evans plays that that one scene. And Terry Youngham's Fear and Loading is exactly how that scene was written in Thompson's Gonzo Road, road Trip Masterpiece. So that's, that's my thing. I always like him. It's the fucking irate, flathead, fucking sheriff at the convention in Vegas in Fear and Loading.
1: I'm more of a Roger Prodactor guy from Ace Ventura. But before <laughs> we move on... Go
2: I had a feeling you were going to get there.
1: Um, he's in plain chase Automobiles. Yes he, in, yes, he is. oh my gosh, in, it's
2: Ashkenazan. I said that to myself yeah. it the other day. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's Ashkenazan.
1: Near dark. Oh, um, he's a he That's wild. okay. Yeah, he's he's the undercover detective who's uh, mm-hmm. kind of going after um uh, uh what's his face uh Adrian Pastar's character. Yeah, yeah, his name is slipped me. Uh, demolition man. Uh, men at work. My Blue Heaven, Mower Man, Under Siege, The Stand Phenomenon, The Frighteners, so many. He's currently on the show, Bosch. and, and yeah, uh, just Troy Evans, uh, a fate. He always brings a smile on my face when I see him pop up and stuff. So,
2: yeah, he's he 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 definitely he 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 worked as a that guy, you know, bit player in genre films. And that was his bread and butter. Yeah. And let's face it, they always say, if, if you do, you know, if, if you do what you love for a living, you never work a day in your life. So, hats off to the guy,
1: you know. So Michael shows up in a cop car and kills the cop that's waiting outside. Um, you, all, we, everyone inside listening. They can hear well, us. You know, I, I, I,
2: I made a note about this because there's, you know, there's uh, right as it. Because, yes, Michael, you know, steals a cop car to drive back home. Okay. But there's a scene just before that where the two cops are sitting in that car and they see this vehicle. At first, they, you know, they begin like they're going to radio in because the vehicle's pulling up. But they see it's another cop car. Why would they radio into the station that another cop has shown up? But these guys just radio in in a panic. Somebody's here. Somebody's here. You don't see the fucking light They cameras. should
1: know Because they should know everyone's in a specific location. And it's just kind of weird seeing a cop just oh, now, now, now supposed you're supposed to be there. Now
2: you're going to justify the bullshit jumps of logic this fucking movie makes? I see whose you side you're on, pal. That's right So
1: <laughs> uh, Charlie wants to call Meeker But Loomis uh, Stops him He's like Charlie
0: Eddie come in oh, Christ I call Meeker you crazy son of a bitch Charlie Charlie, Michael Myers is outside. Stay with the little girl,
1: please. Destroys his radio and asks him to stay inside the little girl as he goes out himself to find Michael. Uh, And then Michael tries, uh, this is where Loomis tries to bargain with Michael. (laughs) Um, She tries to reason with him a little bit. Uh, but Michael's not having it. He ends up slashing Loomis across the chest, and then he ends up throwing him over the uh, stair banister. Uh, cut to Michael busting in upstairs. Um, he ends up taking Charlie, and they have like a little rope, like a little like a rope ladder or something like that. He ends up yeah, tying Charlie's, that around.
2: Yeah, yeah, Charlie's got some emergency escape, and these things were, these things were were prevalent, you know, in these type of homes in like the fifties or sixties. It's like you're like you're in case of fire escape, and it was right. these little rope ladders you would keep on your bed. You know, if you lived in one of these two story farmhouses, whatever to catch his fire, you would just throw this little you know rope ladder. It's not very wide, but it's enough to climb mm-hmm. down the side of a house. And so yeah, yeah. So Charlie like tells Jamie to get on his back. You know, but he
1: pressed it he's too fast. He, and Michael comes in, takes it around, put, puts it around uh uh, at Charlie's th- uh, head and like around his neck, he basically puts his head through one of the little foot things and then throws him out and hangs him that way. That's how he dies: Just breaks his neck and chokes him out, whatever, which whichever comes first. He throws him out and he hangs to death. So <clears throat> and then Jay-
2: Jamie drops it her. <laughs> yeah,
1: this is where we get. Yeah, this is. Uh, Jamie gets chased down to the basement and she ends up in a uh, in-, in the laundry chute, which is well. The highlight of the film,
2: yes, definitely, definitely. But before we get to that, I wanted to touch upon something I just noticed um, on this viewing the other night. Um, I think it was just before, just after um, uh, Charlie's death. I think little somebody shooting at Michael through the door. Michael backs up. Did you notice like there's a thorn symbol kind of written on the wall behind Michael in that shot? It's only there for a couple of seconds. But the thorn symbol you no. see tattooed on Michael's wrist and, yeah, you nice. know, mysterious Randall Flagg's wrist, um, uh-huh. that same symbol shows up behind Michael when he's at the, you know, the original Myers residence in this scene. You know, he gets shot back through the, you know, they shoot him, you know, he backs out through the door while he's being shot at. And just over his right shoulder, you can see the symbol of thorn written on the wall.
1: Yeah, I just noticed you're, you're um I just now noticed you're making a stand reference. You've been making a stand reference.
2: Oh, with with, with the fucking the guy with the trench coat and the yeah. boot. Yeah, it yeah, just, it just
1: dawned on me. I'm like, that is quoting the stand. I'm not quoting you, he's referencing the stand.
2: It's that's what I call him. We don't know who the
1: fuck he is at this point, so he might as well be Randall Flag. Right. See, so, yeah, the laundry chute. You got Jamie in the laundry chute, and Michael's like Trying to stab through it to get to her, and she's crawling and pulling away upward. And then yeah. at one point, she gets up and then falls back down and goes back up. Um, yeah, that I know fall in the script,
2: killed that poor little girl too. That fall would have. I knew she, she weighs like fucking 50, 48 to fifty two pounds, man. That fall would have fucking snapped her. But well, I know way, she, she
1: ended up getting she ended up getting stabbed in the leg according to the script, and uh, I think they actually shot it too. I know when she comes out. There is a stab wound that's that appears on her leg, but they don't show it.
2: Yeah, yeah but the I actual, did notice that. So she does get so... she
1: was supposed to get stabbed.
2: Yeah, because that 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 scene of her crawling through the duct through the ductwork with him just like stabbing through it is right. very tense. Probably the most memorable moment in the film for me.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, so Jamie makes her way up to the attic and she finds the the dog, Rachel, and Mike, and then uh Michael finds her, attempts to kill her. She like hides. She she that that little that coffin that was referenced earlier that was dug up that we never saw. She crawls um, into it. It was she goes into it and then Michael comes up and then he finds her obviously and he goes to kill her but she stops him by saying Uncle Uncle Boogeyman and then <laughs> Uncle she says, Uncle, Uncle Boogeyman. Boogeyman. <laughs>
3: Let me see. (laughs)
1: <laughs> she had, exactly. What the fuck, Uncle Boogeyman? She asks him to take his mask off, and he does. And what are we doing here? Because then, like, the camera zooms in on his eye, and it lets out a single teardrop. And I'm like, what? Right.
3: Oh my Just god! So this, Uncle
2: Boogeyman, like, rings the emotional bells for <laughs> for the face of evil that is Michael Myers. What the fuck is this all about?
1: Yeah, what wait, is he supposed to have like a moment of clarity? Like, what have I done?
2: Oh, what Jesus. have i become so, yeah, the last 40 oh. years of my life have been an atrocity
1: what's did the name what does it mean <laughs> oh my god so yeah fucking this shit so she goes to touch his face and um, he goes into a fit of rage and the uh, chases her again uh loomis is fucking lost his mind he uses Jimmy as actual bait the like actual bait this time he like dangles her in front of Michael downstairs. Uh-huh. Um, because Loomis didn't die, obviously. Uh, he's fucking dangling Jamie, trying. Obviously, we find out what what he's he's her and luring him into a trap. It's like this big fucking net, a Where in the that fuck
2: down. did Doctor Samuel Loomis not only have the money? The means and the time. How did he
1: get it up there? How did he rig this
2: fucking chain net in this house when he's been yeah. there as long as the cops have? The cops have been there with him the whole time, but he rigged up Maybe this Charlie fucking ridiculous. Him. Yeah, him and Charlie are rigging up this fucking roadrunner wild <laughs> coyote trap for fucking Michael Myers without tipping it off to the audience. Where the fuck is this movie going? Thank God we ain't got far to go.
1: I'm just imagining Pleasant and Troy Evans just rigging this thing up in the <laughs> <neighborhood>.
2: <laughs> There's some co- there's some Keystone Cops comic relief for you. Yeah, really. <laughs>
1: so he pulls, brings it down, and then he starts beating him with a two by four, and then he shoots him with tranquilizer darts, and then he collapses on top of him with what it appears to be either a heart attack or a stroke. Um, and then fucking we cut to the police station. And the fucking goofiest shot of the entire franchise is Michael Myers' mask still on. Why are the cops got locked a up cuffs? He's fucking- in the cell. To he's sitting in a cell, just dangling his chain, his cuffs, just dangling. Just I, oh
2: why? Why would God. they leave the fucking mask on? You think the first thing would be like, so Let's he, get a look at this motherfucker. So could- Let's take some mug shots.
1: So we could have this classic shot of him sitting there, looking defeated again, just dangling them chains like with the mask, your hanging you out of his fucking, fucking collar, like a on.
2: yeah, put mask half on because he ain't got it all tucked in and neat like he did in the I'm, other. Movies. I'm pretty
1: sure. I'm I'm pretty sure the mask hairlines receded some more from this it fucking has, chain it has, scene. It has. it has. So one of the officers. um, yeah, Meeker assures Jamie that Michael is going to be, uh, remain in prison until he dies. Jamie doesn't believe him and remarks that Michael will never die. One of the uh, officers goes to bring Jamie home when a mysterious black man who has been searching for Michael arrives and causes an explosion at the police station. He's coming here with like a big-ass Tommy gun like he's in fucking Dick Tracy and shit, firing away at all the cops. Even Meeker, you don't see his corpse. or You don't see it actually happen, but he's apparently one of the the, the cops. They all get killed. Um, Big-ass hole blasting in the back. Jamie goes to the back to to find to find out where if where Michael is and what happened to him. Goes through the hole, sees sees that he's gone. It's like the entire yeah. So, so
2: yeah, the, the note that I have is Randall Flag comes a calling. Okay, and then every fucking and, and every goddamn swinging dick in Haddonfield that wore a badge is now face down in a puddle of blood. The goddamn police station. They got they got to start from scratch from the sheriff all the way all, all the way down.
1: It's Randall Flag Machina. Right. Randall Flag Machina. machina.
2: Right. It's just like it ends with that. And then you're left fucking hanging like, okay, so Michael got away due to this mysterious guy. We never got paid off in this film. And like you said, we chomped at the bit till we forgot about it. And they finally gave us part six. And by then there was only a handful of us that showed back up. And mainly because we want to know what the fuck was up with Randall Flag and the goddamn thorn tattoos. We know what the fuck that shit, man. That's why I paid. I paid. I paid like almost five dollars for that movie ticket that they I rode a goddamn bicycle two and a half miles up a highway in the middle of summer in Atlanta, Georgia, to go see Part Six to figure out just who the fuck Randall Flag was and what this goddamn tattoo had to do with everything.
1: Oh my god! Yeah. Thank God, right. and credits have rolled. And that is Halloween Five The Revenge of Michael Myers from <laughs> Dominique Othen Othenin Gerard. All right, so let's look up the inbox real quick.
0: Uh, what's in the box? Not you give me the what's back? in the fucking
1: box? And I see one note here from Josh. Shocker. <laughs> better than i remembered it honestly oh, take the man Jesus in black Christ. take the man in black shit out and it's not bad michael was a black, stunt driver right. michael was a stunt driver who still can't kill anyone but the laundry shoot scene is easily one of the best tension pieces in the franchise
2: that i that'll agree with joshua yeah. i will say that's probably the that, that's the only moment that 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 this film even works for me is that scene this it film is.
1: Is actually, this film is actually worse than I remember it being, to be honest, if we're yeah. being frank. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's the inbox for this episode. If you guys want to get mentioned on the air, check us out on Twitter, where I let you know when we're recording and to let comments and uh, questions drop. Bye-bye. Yeah, anything you want anyway, to up um, in there, shoot them over. Me. Definitely. All right. Box office receipts.
0: In the operational funds box.
2: We will deposit 250,000
1: American dollars.
2: You take it out. We put more in. I want
1: receipts. All right, so Halloween 5 was released on October 13th, 1989 from Trancus International. It opened up to 1,483 screens, enough to churn in $5 million opening weekend coming in at number two. Second weekend it experienced a 45 and a half drop off to gross 2.8 million at number six. <laughs> Total gross eleven point six million against a budget of five. So if this movie made any money, it made like a sprinkle of money. Um, it still turned in, it was still green in the end and not red, but um yeah, this is yeah, all one one as much one is, much, Can one we just is go much back green. to
2: 89. One as much green as Mustafa would have liked to have
1: seen. Just, yeah, <laughs> I just, yeah. I'm curious. What was part four's take? Um, let me see here. Do, do, do. Oh, not much. Yeah,
2: 17.8. Yeah, you did that one solo without me, right? You don't have nobody do that one with you?
1: No, I did all by myself. Okay. So, um, yeah. Okay. So it is what it is, box office wise. All right. Um, I'll just. Take a walk to the Critics Corner, see what these bastards had to say about this piece of shit. Stephen Holden of the New York Times wrote that the film was rather that it was rather like taking another swing through the same all too familiar funhouse, but thought it was a bit more refined in its details than the conventional horror movie. Disregard that one, buddy. Variety called the film pretty stupid, and boring. Really? <laughs> no, really? the series had become practically indistinguishable from the um, at 13th picks. The LA Times criticized the film as being a prime example of the principle of diminishing return, uh, reruns and Donald Pleasants for a flat two-note performance, though he thought Daniel Harris was actually pretty good in her role. Rotten Tomatoes, this film has a 12% rating against, uh, uh, based on 25 reviews. The consensus reads, Halloween 5 finds the series embracing crude slasher conventions with pedestrian scares, disposable characters, and aimless plotting.
2: Yeah, it's just fucking by the numbers this one was, man. It really was. I mean, arguably, in in this run of, and and let's face it, it's hard to, because now we have, you know, David Gordon Green stuff is more considered canon than anything prior to 2000. Right, you know, right. Eighteen, um, but up until this point, you know, I, you know, or at least up until you know, David Gordon Green and Danny McBride got involved. Um, Halloween Four was my favorite canonical sequel in the franchise, um, mainly because I had a you know, you know, thought Danielle Harris was a neat little addition. She was a cute little kid. You know, it got us back to Haddonfield, which we had wanted to get back to for a while at that point. Um, but then this one, yes, it brought back a lot of a lot of your, you know, remaining cast members from the previous film. But I'll be damned if it wasn't just, you know, by the fucking book, by the numbers, cookie cutter, bullshit. Like I could release this same exact movie today and probably get the MPA to pass it off as PG thirteen. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Minus, okay, you know, I don't think there's very much nudity at all in this and a, and, and, and a few four-letter there's words. There's none. Yeah, right. So I could literally make this pass as a PG-13 film and release it without editing for commercial content and runtime on television and not lose any of what little fucking artistic integrity it had to begin with. You know, it's just you know, it's just there. It's there to get me to the next chapter in the franchise. And let's face it, I'm a sucker. I've Been a sucker for the franchise at this at this point in its time. I've been a sucker for twenty some odd goddamn years. So actually I'm gonna you know ride that bike up the highway to see what's next in store. You know, only to be fucking disappointed and let down again.
1: I can't believe I pre-ordered this film on 4K the other the, a couple of weeks ago for twenty dollars,
2: <laughs> but.
1: Gotta have them all, like Pokemon. Gotta catch them all. (laughs) Right. All right. it's the biggest takeaways.
2: Mr. Madison,
0: what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul.
1: So, my biggest take—really, uh, uh, I mean, I can i really can't add any more else to this that I've already talked about. Um, my biggest takeaways is this is probably. Uh, see, I, I I haven't seen Resurrection in so long that I, I want to say for now this is the worst of this of the franchise, and I really mm. and 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 anyone and. Resurrection is going to really, really fucking shit the bed to surpass this as being the worst of the franchise. But as of now, for good reason, I, this.
2: Yeah, I, where, I where we're in this movie. Yeah, we're, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Where we're at in this franchise, this is this basically where we're at in this franchise. This is the How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days episode of the Film Effect podcast. It <laughs> is, it's just, it's, it's fucking pointless. It doesn't need to fucking be there. <laughs> You know again, it was it, it was it was a cash grab to keep the name relevant and and the rights occupied, but it was fucking by the numbers, nothing new was brought to the table, no fans walked away pleased, surprised or bought fucking t-shirts and wear it like it's their favorite one. I don't know if anybody, including Danielle Harris
1: no no i and I would never buy a shirt for this fucking movie, so yeah. <laughs> No. I, I mean, had to you know, the You know, you know me. Ball my ball. entire wardrobe consists of horror movie shirts. So yep, you
2: never buy this one.
1: No. I had the poster
2: for the fourth one on my wall. It was great. I fucking I
1: I gotta get that. I wanna get myself a cover of that cool. poster. I, I fucking do love that one sheet. So
2: yeah, yeah, that yeah, that one sheet came from Note self. movie theater to yeah, I mean, yeah. me. The
1: yeah, I think I'm gonna go ahead and Treat myself to a Halloween for one sheet one of these days.
2: Yeah, where the knife right, blends um, into her costume. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. 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 That's the one. All right. Some, some mulligan moment.
2: If you had to do it all over again, would you make the same choices?
1: Um, Can we redo the whole movie?
2: <laughs> yeah. Pretty much everything from opening credits to end credits. Let's just, uh, you know, pretend it never happened. Let's try over.
1: Um, specifically though um, I I would just I would X the fucking thorn shit take that that stupid stuff out of this get rid of that man in black I mean obviously that would mean a different ending but so be it Um, you gotta make sacrifices yeah, I mean, um, I
2: think it was introduced so that it could end the way that it did, and then what well, was six years later they finally got around to the six. next one they had, to, they had to they had to then they had to figure out how to work it in. Six so they, years they, later,
1: once the Weinsteins got their grubby fucking hands on it,
2: and then they were like, "Well, fuck, we got to figure out how to work in this tattoo and Randall flag." So let's hurry exactly. up and that shit in, you know, and then and then it's never <laughs> brought up again. It's Thor, the, the cult of Thor is oh. never mentioned again in the franchise. Five and That's six? why
1: I've always considered I've always considered four, five, and six the Thorn trilogy because it kind to of is.
2: yeah yeah Thorn's not even introduced till five but I mean it, but,
1: but four ties it's all it, you can watch four, five, and six as its own trilogy you can yeah
2: I agree I agree so look
1: um, finger looking good,
2: <laughs> finger looking good uh, the, the uh, fucking the, the, the shoot works yeah the shoot. This shoot, just, like, just shoot. like Josh said, that's that's the only that's the only moment in the film that actually works for me. As far as you know, <clears throat> feeling something new got brought to this franchise is now. I don't want to say running out of steam, but it's starting to get a bit winded, and I yeah, felt the, the, start, maybe it's getting its second wind at this scene, but it doesn't last long. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: either it's either the shoot. Um, well it definitely is a shoot. But if I had her like a if I had to pick a runner up, then it would be the uh, the moment with uh, Tina and Mike. Michael, I'm sorry, Tina and Michael in the car where in she the thinks car. it's Mike. Yeah. yeah. So I def, I do like that scene a lot. i I'm with um, you on that hundred percent. All right. So final thoughts. i
2: say we uh, tie a bow on it and put her to bed. Um Don't ever um, think I have to watch this again.
1: Yeah. I mean, I know I'm going to, obviously it's inevitable, but uh, uh, it's, I'm not going to be watching it with a smile. I mean, this just, there's so much more out there you can watch other than this film. Um, Even though four and five are like one of the same movie, they tie in together Four works as a standalone. You can watch four and there doesn't have to there there, there won't be dynamite or Michael fucking going into a a a a raging river rapid or whatever, you know. Right, right, right. You can watch four and be fine. I I watch four all the time. I love four. Um but this is like the exact opposite, and I could I just don't understand in less than a year, how could they fall so hard how could they do yeah, so I mean, wrong they,
2: they weren't you're you're right i don't even think about that they were they were like you know film you know film re- shot released back to back within a matter of just a few months apart from each other
1: right I, and, and how where did we get so wrong where did we go so wrong i, I just was, wanted it rushed it was all rushed you had I this
2: director and it was just like they were just scrambling like much stop it's like how can i get how can i spend a dollar and make twelve? You
1: know, so you know how they have like you know you know how they have quotes on movie posters from critics what they thought about the movie what they had to say about it. We're right. gonna put out a Halloween Five poster with my quote from my review, and it's just gonna say, "Try again." Yeah, try again. I'm with I'm that, you. That's my final thought on this movie. Try again. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, this episode is sponsored by Dale's Gas Station, home of the Cookie Woman. Cookie <laughs> Woman. And her giant cookies. They're a real taste treat. All that, uh, being said, this cookies, boy. all that being said, this film certainly does not get the film effects. No, nope, we'll not brew, even half that of things. That'll bring things over for this edition of the show. One, now and many more to follow. If you enjoyed this episode and want to support us, then please do so by heading to Apple podcast or wherever accessible and leaving us your five star review or rating as if you want to hear more film effect, film effect product, then check out our website where you'll find our ever growing collection, our previous episodes, links in the episode notes, or you can find it at podpage.com. Monday, we'll be back for my birthday talking about fucking, what are we talking about Monday? Oh yeah. The, the wrestler talking about the wrestler. Um, we recorded that episode the other day with you and uh, a special guest, Nick Brown, uh, a name you've heard many times on the show. Probably. Uh, now you're going to actually hear the man himself. That's a good, um, I'm actually halfway through editing that episode and cool. it's, 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 it's special. Yeah. I'm looking forward yeah, to uh, like we, the we masses to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. And, uh, so that'll be Monday, and then that following Thursday, we'll be back to talk about the dawn. Since we talked about the rise, now we're going to talk about the dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, um, yeah I'm really looking forward to touching these two films coming up t- Dawn and War. Yeah, it's going to be good stuff. Really good oh. stuff, guys. So uh, check it out. Continue to uh, you know keep the word out there. Uh, continue to get the word out there. Uh continue to support and subscribe. Uh continue to just whatever you're doing, keep doing it, guys. we're download numbers are up. A couple of Dorks do who work. are thankful. And yes, we, we couldn't be more sincere, thankful. Um just thank you guys. Um, we're not asking you to, but if you're able to, you know, it'd be cool if you let the review, haven't seen one of those in a while. or rating. Um, and and yeah, follow us on the socials and uh, tell your
2: friends, man. Tell your friends and buy some merch. Tell your friends, get a bumper sticker, drink a drink out of a coffee mug, man. Get the film effect, whatever you
1: guys can do to support the film effect movement, then do so. Yeah, what they were doing Um, over these parts, man. So until Monday with Wrestler, or until next Thursday with Dawn, or until next month when we return for the shit fest known as Curse of Michael Myers. (laughs) Take us out of here, Sean.
2: All righty, gang. So we shall see y'all again next time when those theater lights go dim. The opening credits begin to roll.
1: I've been Loomis. That's been Michael. It's been fun, (laughs) but now it's done. (laughs) All right, guys. Check you later. Check you later.